Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. <sighs> this week's guest, he doesn't like to wear shoes as I'm pointing down. Yep. He doesn't. He never serves with a leash that I know oh, of. Oh, there you go. Loves coffee and appreciates a good bottle of red wine. God, I just... You talking about me, dude? Hey, <laughs> That's what I do. He's got more energy and froth than any Grom I know with a huge smile to go with it. That's so, true. He's a former World Tour competitor. He's a big part of the momentum generation. And he, <laughs> and he really gained a celebrity status. Doing what? During the Endless Summer uh, yeah. remake, Endless Summer 2, mm. one of the leading roles. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody From already Momentum knows. Generation to Endless Summer 2. This like, guy, everybody already knows who this is. Bro. Bro. Come on. Yeah. Then he, uh, Those were good times. Dude, we're going to hear all about it. Bro. Then he spent 15 years at Hurley in sports marketing. Yep. Dang. Been a long time. Then he You're went back. Old. Then he went back on tour. Yeah, I did. With the WSL. For two years. For two years. Back on tour. We're going to hear about that. And then he just made a huge power move. 
Huge, huge power move. I'm so proud of you. I'm huge. so stoked. Huge. And we were talking about how impeccable our timing is sometimes. And this is like, we're right here. Yeah. Are we On your first cast. podcast? First podcast. For, yes. Since the new? Yes. New? You're damn right it's his first podcast. President? Presidente? El Presidente? Of Florence Marine X. We welcome Pat. Patch. Pato. O'Connell. Yeah, boys. Bro. Yeah, bro. Bro. Dude. Mr. Pat O'Connell. We got a lot to get through. That's yeah. a lot. of. We packed a lot into there. Dude, get there's that. so much to talk about. I hope uh, we have a sleeping bag. <laughs> um, so just in case you So, So in other words, people who are driving, don't listen to this. So you yeah. may fall asleep. It, it, sometimes we have to take two. You know, yeah. split it up. So this might be that. We don't Dude, know. thank you for no, yeah. thank you guys. coming on. This, this is, is an great. honor and a privilege. I mean. This is my honor and privilege. Yeah. Bro, this is insane. Yeah. So this guy, dude. Okay, we've known each other for a really long time. That's yeah, what's you really guys scary. have known each other for a really long yeah. time. Yeah. Like this is yeah, yeah. We we're getting up there. We really <laughs> didn't connect to like kind of more pro serving because he's a few yeah. years older than me. And we yeah. missed like competing at the amateur level. Yep. Yeah, he's old. Like I am old. <laughs> but dude, you know what's funny is yeah. like here he is starting a new gig. Yes. Right? An insane new gig, president, yeah, president of this new gig, yeah. And he's looking like thinner and more fit than I'm trying. Like he's like getting ready for this, you know, yeah. new position. Hey, your 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 office is right on PCH. It's right pretty across crazy. the street from Newport Beach. You talked about the drive and the hours in the car. Now you get to run across the beach to go or Dude, street to go bro, to the beach. Oh, you're so psyched. Yeah, it's really good. And, the, and those guys are psyched. It's really fun. Like, honestly, the, um, I think we, as, you know, as you get older too, it's like, it's so important to have things that you like to do, but also like have that accessibility in your lifestyle Yeah. and being able to get in the water every day is like, you know, there's certain things like, um, you know, that you can't do without. That's one of them. That's like, yeah. have to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still like a little grommet. I'm still, yeah, you are yeah, awesome. at, at lunch, like putting I, my wetsuit I think we up. might have to fight for that title. Though. I was yeah. just going to say, <laughs> this guy's ultra grom. Yeah. You might be a little jaded with all the good waves you had in your life. His, his best waves is Golden West or, or Maghurst. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> <great>. Secret spots. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Where was uh, your first first waves? First introduction to surfing, yeah. So I grew up in Chicago, which um, isn't like the most likely path. Yeah, Chicago, there's no wave pools there. No, but I did the windy city. I have gone surfing in Chicago since, which was funny. But um, yeah, so I I moved to California um, when I was twelve, and so I so not till twelve years old. Yeah, wow, it was a trip. I mean, did you know about surfing? at that age or I mean growing up at all did you like you know what you do like I mean you think about it like any kid that's back in the Midwest like they think they have a um, you know California is Hollywood it's whatever right Disneyland and yeah exactly totally were you you into skateboarding back then no there was nothing like I mean I was a bat and ball kid like I was baseball football well not football of my size (laughs) I was going to say basketball but certainly not my size (laughs) But I was really, really into athletics, like, yeah. and that was my thing. And so when we moved out, it was kind of a blow. I was like, oh, shit. Um, and where did you move to? We moved first to Newport. We moved uh, right at the top at Promontory Point. And I used to take the little ferry. I used to skate.
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're down, take the ferry across the thing and try to find a way. I kind of like started surfing blackies was kind of my, my, my thing. And, um, so and you, wait, you moved from, from Chicago, Chicago yep. to Newport Beach. Yep. Summer, like a summer move or yeah, it was, was it a, winter? Because it's always kind of like... It was end of summer. And so I went straight into school. And then, like, as we were finishing that first school year, we had relocated down to Dana Point. Mm, so you moved pretty quick down there. We did. So it was kind of like, I, I want to say the last, like, literally the tail end of my school year, I was commuting from... Sixth grade? Yeah, uh, no, eighth, seventh, eighth grade, seventh, seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, to all the way from Dana Point up to Newport for school and back. Um, and so then, you know, I... The group I was around was like Mark Bellinger and Vinny Della Pena and Casey Curtis, all those guys. We would, you know, it was, you know, every day, all day, we would yeah. just camp out at the beach. And I mean, we used to get into so much fun. Like, it was classic. And you So know. wait, 12 years old, you moved to Newport. Yep. Did you discover surfing in Newport first? Kind of, kind yeah. Of. I was like... <clears throat> You know, just like anyone, like tr- trying to learn to stand on a board, and I, yeah. I got the wrong board. It was like you know this little surfboard, and I thought I could do it, and you know whatever. It's just like this typical things that. And who 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 took you out? Your dad didn't surf. He came from Chicago. You just saw I people. Kind of like, just did it. Yeah. Yeah, and I just you know I remember I used to put my wetsuit on when I'd leave the house, and I'd wear my <laughs> wetsuit all day and just peel the thing. I would pee in it and just I mean you could just imagine. I mean and just the ring around the neck like. Just such a classic grown. We still have that, right? We still have that. Um, but so I did that for you know for a while, and I mean I just didn't know any better. Like yeah, you know, and just like hey, so so it was funny because my really when we moved down to Dana Point was when like things changed because that was when I had like a real like friend group, yeah. and that was that crew, and and that's it, a a stacked. It was, but it wasn't like talented we, group of kids. We, to, but you're just frothing groms. You're not really like yeah. sizing up anybody. You're like, oh, new kid. Were they pretty open? Dude, it was great because we used to go and like that hill at Salt Creek. This is before they sort of cut back all the bushes, but it was like a little jungle. We would hang our stuff there, and we would. I mean, we would literally be there in the dark, both sun up to sundown. Yeah, and it was just about like 
I mean, I probably didn't really get to my feet most days, but I was in the water all day screwing around and, you know, we would try to catch squirrels and then we would, you know, go up and, I mean, we used to, um, there was a snack bar and we used to like, you know, when they do deliveries, we'd have like a little fire drill where we would, one grommet would jump in the truck and throw out a, a loaf of bread and the next guy would run and throw it to the next one. And I mean, we were just kids and it was so fun. Surviving. Yeah, yeah. we were surviving. We it was like, yeah. Lord that's of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. That's what the kids, yeah, that's what you do. I mean, that, and I don't, I don't think that's the same this, this day. I don't know. I, like, I think it, it is and it isn't, but like, you, I, I think it's, it's some somewhat of that for sure yeah. like yeah. kids it just it's more crowded yeah so it's like you know i was thinking about it as like i was saying is you know that same situation now the traffic is times 100 it's so yeah. crazy down at the beach so it's yeah. like you know and those be- and those and those trees they let them grow they had grown up so much like i mean the it's interesting i was down there the other day with my son and we were walking through those paths that the trees still haven't grown in from where we used to leave our stuff. So crazy. And it's like, it's just, it's in, but the trees just haven't grown because they keep hacking them off. Yeah. Um, How I, funny. Yeah. So, so what was your first surfboard? So my first surfboard was from Lineup Surfboards. Lineup? Yes. It, Jack Sykes. Yep, Jack Sykes. Um, my parents got it for me. It was a five foot surfboard um, that for me and I was just learning where did your parents get the Jack Sykes they got it at Newport Surf and Sport and uh, it was just a trip and so I had that board for god I don't know how long I had that um, brand that, new though brand new that was um, I don't know if it was brand new thruster but it, it was a thruster yeah and I, I rode that for a while and it was like that thing of just learning how like you know I was never a big kid but still five foot is so little like kids now like you grow up on a you know, you do the classic North Shore. You ride the bigger one to smaller, like right. You start working your way down. Yeah. Working your way down, and I just rode this little teeny thing. And my mom would laugh because she would, uh, she she would just. I remember her saying something to the effect like, "You can have the worst day surfing, and you're still smiling. <laughs> and if you go do other things, if it's not perfect, you're miserable." And I was kind of like, "Oh, that's that's kind of how I feel." That's a great observation yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, you know, she kind of could tell like you really like this because. You know, you I complain. Yeah. Did you continue to do? Uh, well, that was the other thing. I was doing those other sports. I was playing soccer and baseball when I came here, but I wasn't having any fun. And that's why she said, "Look, you know, you're doing these other things, and you don't seem very happy. You go to the ocean and you're swimming and surfing all day. You're not very good at it, but you're having way more fun." <laughs> I'm like, "That's kind of true." <laughs> I mean, I would come like black and blue. The board would hit me, and I just, "Yep, fine. Who cares?" Yeah. You know, still just, stoked. Still stoked. Gonna do it again. Yeah. I mean, you got to realize, like, so, like, growing up in Chicago, a kid from the Midwest, um, I mean, I would get a bike at Christmas, and until Easter, you wouldn't be able to ride it because there's still snow and it's too cold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Yeah, all we're of so sudden, spoiled here. We don't. Yeah. We don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, like, not to sort of fast forward so radically, but it's like you think about all these poor people going through the same thing we all had to live through, which is COVID. We got to go jump in the ocean, go surfing every day. Yeah. Like we, yeah. you know, the sanity level is high. The insanity is low because it's like we got to, you know, you yeah. still got, got to still vent, got to exercise, you're outdoors. Yeah, scratch the itch. Yeah. So so your first board was Jack Sykes. That's mm-hmm. that's fun. Random, right? Lineup. Yeah, so random. And then... But that was a big label back then. It was. Know? Like, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. it wasn't just a random, like... No. Yeah. But good. you're living in Dana Point. Yep. Um... 
and you know you mentioned Vinny de la Pena, Casey Curtis. Yep. Those are gnarly dudes that you know yeah. surf really freaking well. Yeah, it's right? weird. So so out of that, <laughs> your 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 um your Groms. Yeah. Who was like the standout and how? Mark Bellinger. Yeah. He yeah. was he was and and Tim Reardon was in there. I always forget Tim because he was like one or two years younger, but. Uh, yeah, Tim and, and uh, yeah, Bellinger was like the guy. Yeah. He was he was naturally gifted and really, really smart. He was sort of the old soul of our groms. Yeah. And so if this was the sort of Lord of the Flies, he was the dude. Yeah. Right. And uh, and the, the heavy dudes, the older guys, Crick Shank. Yep. Kevin Snips, Billy. Kevin Billy. Yep. Chris was Billy. GT out there too? GT was out there too. All those guys. Um, but so, so it was, it was such a great, uh, Pat Allen, I don't know if you know yeah. Pat, but Pat was sort of like the, Pat was probably the best surfer outside of Crookshank and those guys, like, you know, but he really took us grommets under his wing, you know, and like, we felt somewhat invincible. It was kind of like a great scenario to grow up in at the beach. You felt yeah. protected and it was cool and. You know, you always think the waves were better back then. Always. Right? Always. Um, Well, I I honestly think they might have been because of like El Nino years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it seemed like when I was growing up, it seemed like the waves were bigger. I think also the sand, the the, the sand change has has radical. I've noticed the last couple of years. Remember there was like pier pilings in In the, yeah, at Salt Creek. Yep. Yeah, that's when it was but even really good. even lowers after Maria, right? Was it Marie? Marie, Marie? made yeah changed a little bit Finch. for sure. Yeah, I don't think it has the same. I mean, it's still obviously really good, but I, I, you know, and it could be certain years where you get a lot more runoff and you know sand moves and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's it's just different. You know, I think perspective. You're a little grom, and it doesn't take much to get you stoked. I remember walking around Disneyland, and I thought it was like the the, the biggest park ever. The right everything was just ginormous, and then. You go there now with your kids, and you're like, dude, is wait, this I just it? walked around this whole place in like 20 minutes. Like, yeah. this, this is it? No. You know? Way. Like, you just, you yeah. know, everything's out of scale. Yeah. That's and, such a trip. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's still, That's actually a great analogy, right? Yeah. There. Like, you walk around and you're like, I used to think that was so far away. And it's like, you go around the corner, it's right there. Yeah. And you go around the corner, it's right there. You go around the corner, it's right there. You're like, huh. What a trip. All right. Yeah. So, so Bellinger was the guy, the kid. For that sure. For sure. Out. You know, he was on a cover of Breakout Magazine. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. He was in Breakout Magazine and he was like 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was also an interesting time because Salt Creek um, was kind of like an epicenter because Larry was shooting. And so Larry would shoot... You know, he oh, was, Salt Creek Cover Beach. Yep, there you go. <laughs> but but dude, it was, you know, and I, and I honestly think like that was part of that. Ashland <laughs> Hard Seltzer. <laughs> I feel like we're in a what's that? <laughs> Wayne's World. It's, it's not really like, a podcast. It's, it's a great. commercial. <laughs> it's Wayne's World. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's Pat's Pepsi. World. Pat's World. Yeah. The next generation. No yeah. Pepsi. Soda's bad. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh my god. So, so, so uh, Bellinger yeah. got the cover. Breakout magazine. Yeah, but like the 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 environment of growing up there because yeah. all the surfers had to go and surf with Larry, yeah. and so you know. Um, Greg Arnett lived down the street, so he would have Tom Carroll come and stay and Potts. Yeah. Potts out of town. Greg Arnett. Yeah, Greg lived just the, the sunglasses. eyeglass designer. Yeah, no way. Yeah, so did he, he surf? 
Oh, yeah. Greg was a great really? surfer. I did not know that. So Greg lived just down the street, just outside of um, where I lived. And so, you know, Tom Carroll would come stay with them for a while. And Potts used to stay with Mike Crookshank. Um, you know, and, and this is when I started to meet more people. And, like, Kelly would come stay with me. And, like, I mean, man, the... the, it's, the you're saying Kelly Slater? Yeah. Okay, but before we get to, to yep. that, when, when did you and your friends start surfing contests? So... They were already probably in them. Pretty soon. Like, yeah, so pretty soon. So, you know, like, at 12, I kind of got moving pretty quick. And, you know, it's around guys that were surfing. Yeah, people were surfing good. And it's like, you know, okay, cool. I learned to how not to fall really fast. And then I'm like, okay, I could do it better. And, you know, by the time I was 13, I was, like, starting to compete. Hmm. And um, So pretty much right into it. Kind of, you know... I was really into it. Like when I first started, I'm like, you know, I was saying like my mom noticed, like I was, you know, I was doing the early mornings and I was going before school even because um, I was close enough and I was, you know, running, either running from the house or riding a moped, yeah. which was a, just a terrible idea. <laughs> want to die. God. Moped with one with arm. Board <laughs> under here, driving yeah. down to the beach and just... You I'm know. in and out before the cops are up, you know? Oh, like, I'm going to get home before school. At 13 years old. Oh, it was ahead, pack. I, I took my brother's moped all, all the, time. the time. Sit on the board going out the back. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, and so, you know, you do that in the morning. You go out and hammer out a surf before school and just... And I actually, like, it was funny because I would uh, trip out on how much better I was at school after surfing. Like, I just... Yeah, you, get that, you, get, you, to, you get that energy level yeah. out. You feel like you started the day off on the right foot and happy. Yeah, for sure. I notice it in myself mm-hmm. and kids. You know, and, and it's hard to do it today, but it's it's like you know it when you it's like dude. I feel when so do you ever get out of the water and you're really never bumped? I mean, yep. almost never. It does happen yeah. every once in a while, and it's like pretty much have, never. But pretty yeah. much never. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe point two percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so so that's kind of how it started. So I started competing right away, and um, you know didn't nothing spectacular, but just doing like WSA was like a thing, and you know I didn't really do the NSSA for a while, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And Bellinger and and Vinny De La Pena, those guys were Bellinger doing the same really ones, com- or were they yeah. doing? Bellinger NSSAs? didn't really compete much. Yeah. He didn't. He was sort of a more of a free spirit, mm. um, yeah. And Vinny, less so in NSSA. It was funny, mm. is that like I didn't really think about it till you asked. Like, I think those guys, like Casey did the NSSA stuff. Reardon did the NSSA. I don't think the other guys did. Um, and for whatever reason, I, I don't know. But just um, yeah, we did those, and and then you know, then it sort of kind of pulled together in like this USA team environment which was uh you know rob machado taylor knox you know yeah. kelly and that's kind of where you know the little salt creek grew crew kind of connected to like the u.s team sort of thing yeah. and yeah. started to kind of take shape yeah and then that like you know again that sort of then pushed forward to the momentum thing like I, it all sort of started along those lines yeah, i think the compet like the amateur years is where you learned and 
like network. ultimately network. Yeah. But you know, yeah. also develop like relationships with people that aren't at your own beach. You know, you have your friends at home yeah. and now you're like, oh, I live up in Santa Cruz. Oh, I'm in San Diego. I'm here. And then you start like, come sleep on my couch. Come stay here for the contest. Come yeah. over there. Like you come here, I come, you know, and you yeah. really start that those bonds early. And it's, I mean, it's, where else in what other sport are you going to have that like That's ability? So yeah. And you know, you're, you're getting chaperoned by, by parents and the parents talk and it's like, Oh my kid. Yeah. They're just going to go surf and I'll take the, you know, like it was still like that. I feel like, and it's loose, yeah. but, but it's, you know, it's all for the, the right, right purpose, you know, yeah. right reasons. So, yeah. uh, what did you, who was your first sponsor or what other boards did you start writing after that? Yeah, it's probably Infinity or something. Right? Who's down there? Like, Dude, that? that's a great question. I want to say, how come I don't know this? It might have been Greg Arnett, actually. He was at Oakley at the time. He was a, um, but he also owned a surf shop called Ocean Moves. Ocean and, uh, Moves? Yeah. Greg yeah. Arnett, the sunglass. Arnett sunglass designer. Owned a surf shop too. Yeah, he and it was in like Lake. That Fork. is freaking crazy. Yeah. So, did you ever know this? No. That's kind of rad. Yeah. So, and he surfed. Oh yeah, Arnie, he ripped. Yeah, he I think he surfed. I, I think I think GT talked about it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember? But he. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. But he worked for Oakley. Before. He worked for Oakley. Okay. Yep. And um, so I think he might have been my first. I also rode for Beach Town. I had a lot of like Beach Town. <laughs> the logos that are like yes. wait, you'd wait. have to like tilt them to get the dumbest logo the ever. Like what? What the hell is Dude. Beach Town? Hey man, I ride for Beach, Beach Town. Town. Yeah. Well, Snips used to ride for him. Yeah. And I thought Snips was cool, and I was like, okay, he rode for O'Neill and Beach Town. Yeah. And Stewart. I yes. want that. Yeah. And I was like, cool man. Because yeah. I remember I was hoping you would say Randy Slay. Oh, Randy. Oh, well, I served... Because that was uh, Bellinger's board. That was Bellinger's. Yeah. He was riding our sleighs, but because he rode for Newport Surf Company and Mike Garrett and those guys. Yeah. And so they had... He was a... Well, and along that group was Jeff Yokoyama yeah. and the Maui and Sons. Yeah. Wow, we're old. I know. We had him on the podcast. Yeah. Yoki? Yeah. yeah. He's epic. Amazing. He's epic. Unbelievable. Greatest human. Yeah. What a good dude. Yeah. I mean... It, it's it is really funny though like as we talk about and I think you're right Jay like one of the things that I found when I was young and, and why I think surfing is such a great thing is I think it forces young people to interact with a whole range of different people in the lineup yeah. without their parents and and what I think is important is that they they need to learn to thrive in that ecosystem and if they're an asshole they're getting checked yeah. They're getting checked. Yeah. If they're, if, you know, if they, it's, it's a little bit of, it's a microcosm of life, like where, hey, the better they get, the better waves they get, the more time they put in, the better they get. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's a little bit of like, it's a slice of life, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, you know, if Gosh, that's such a great analogy of, of what we've seen. We've seen and we, we wish we, it, yeah. we wish it was still like that sometimes, right? Some so, of that. Yeah. So, so not I, the beating up of people, but like just learning the respect and the hierarchy of like you got to earn yep. your spot. Yeah, and and I think for kids though it's important because it's a great it's a great way of like their social behavior and how they're going to interact in society. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of these other things like and 
I'll use golf as a terrible example, but you you know you pay to play, you go and you have your tee time. It's very set up, yeah. You know, and and you very structured. You sort of play with the group that you came with. Surfing is you paddle out. It's a different group of people. Yeah, there may be a few of the local people, but yeah, there's a lot of different people that surf every different lineup, and so you need to find a way. And the ocean is changing, and you yeah. know, um, and and you need to understand. You need like you start to learn about the tides and the wind and swell directions and all these things that make your wave yeah. do the thing that you like that you, it does. You, yeah, you, you got to invest not just in like your board and going out and the local, you, you do, you have to look at, you know, the winds and the swell charts and everything. And that comes in time and experience and all that. And, you know, you know, if you want to, if you want to get good, you got to, you got to invest, yeah, you know, do. like in anything, in anything. In yeah. anything. So, so you don't remember your first board sponsor? No, I, I really, damn it! I know mine was Robert August. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. All right. Short yeah. yeah. He yeah. put. Junior, you don't remember your first board? He put sponsor. Junior Power on. My brother was Power, and I was Junior Power, and that was what he signed. That's really. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because we were the scrawniest little skinny kids, but that I guess that's so spray. cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, so. Who was your first clothing sponsor? Beachtown? I might have been, yeah. 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 What, what, what surf shop did you hang out? Greg's? No, because Greg's was way. Oh, yeah, inland. you said inland. So, so um, gosh, that's a really good question. You know, actually, when I, uh, I spent a lot of time at, at um, Surfside because I would still come up here. Yeah. When I first moved to Salt Creek, I was actually kind of scared of it. Yeah. I would take the bus up here and surf Blackies because it was a thing I knew. Yeah. So I spent You're a lot of time. With it. Yeah, I spent a lot of time at Surfside when it was down there, right behind Blackies. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lennon still surfs Blackies when it gets overhead. I surfed it last week. Yeah, because it was overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> I did. So shut your mouth. Oh, I, will. I love it. No, but we, you know, going back to like why I think that Blackies that, is a really good wave, you guys. It is. <laughs> that why that uh, it actually is fun. Why that surf shop experience as a kid is so important you talked about relationships you know mm-hmm. in the water at the at the beach and all of that but you know growing up in the surf shop you not only like kind of get to see the without like subliminally like you see the transactions going down you see commerce happening and it's yeah. not like you're going there with mom and dad because why, why else would you go to any retail store as a kid yeah. you would unless you're like Right. Invested into the Unless sport. Unless you're at the mall. You want chicks. You know, <laughs> they had a movie playing. They had the counters with all the stickers. And stickers were like, cool. well, if you could snag a few stickers and, you know, at, at school. But just that, that environment, you know, is, yeah. is so crucial, well, I just think, the, as a kid. And the smell. And the smell. smell. Yeah. I mean. Coconut and rubber. Aren't you just remembering, <laughs> like, taking the bus there, surfing your brains out. You got... Two dollars in your pocket, so you get your pizza, your coke, and then walk into the Snickers, Twinkie, Ding Dong, yep. Down Later, and they would have, and they'd have like a little TV <laughs> playing. They'd have a surf video playing, yeah. And you'd hang out and you'd grab boards. You knew nothing about what you were looking at, but you'd you would put them under your every arm. board, yeah. every board in the rack. <laughs> this looks cool, and you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, you look at air spray. Yeah. How much can you get that for? Yeah. You did look at air spray. Yeah, you would, you'd be drawing your own, you're doodling air sprays, and you go in and you see. That was exactly what you did. Yeah. 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 So, so when did you figure out, like, you know, you, you said you progressed pretty quickly. Yeah. Right? And you started a surfing contest. And then you, you got on the USA team. team. National team. And it's the same? 
Or is that different? Different. different. So the NSSA yeah. was, it was not like a sort of competing squad. It was sort of like, okay, you've achieved enough to where you've, you're basically, you know. You're sponsored by the team. That's right. Yeah. They that, pay, that, USA team is what Simpo's doing now, right? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the ISA, you know, it's part of the a larger so international. Federation. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it happened. was Yeah. US. NSSA, yeah, and it was it was even more focused than U.S. because it wasn't necessary. It was Hawaii, but not necessarily as like it was one step above. And so what we did, what the the ISA was, um, there wasn't the pro junior at the time. Like the WSL or ASP weren't doing pro juniors, so the ISA was sort of the pro junior. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was only every other year. And so every two years. Yep. Um, so nineteen ninety was the year that um, we went to Japan. And so that was Kelly, Rob, Taylor, myself, uh, Jeff Deffenbaugh, yeah. uh, CC Becheloff was on the team. CC. Yeah, that was our, that was our posse. Yeah, I was actually gonna talk about like, I think you and CC were in Minihuni for about four years. <laughs> 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 or boys or something. I heard, I heard uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, we, we, we could skim over that, but I just <laughs> Pat, you did that. I did that. Yeah. Well, you, was, you were lying about your age so you could stay down the division. The first, the first contest I ever surfed was at Salt Creek, and I surfed out of my age group. <laughs> but here's what's really heavy. So the very next day, so and it was only one heat. It wasn't yeah. like it was like a. Um, it, yeah, there was not enough kids. It's like a, you're in the final. Yes. Yeah. And so. Um, you know, and this is literally like, so you you think about, I moved from Chicago, this is like within that first year. And so literally the very next day, I take off in a wave, a guy drops in on me and his board comes and it's, imagine this, the fin sticks into the tear duct of my, literally sticks. And I, I like come up and it's, I have to pull it out. Oh my God. So I had to go have, like, so it was one of these things in my mind. I'm like, okay, that happened because of that. Okay, I learned my lesson, but I had to go have <laughs> surgery. And they put a, like, a, yeah, this tear, like a, a silicone tube in my eye. Shut the front you. door. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Like oh the my. first couple times of surfing? No, probably about six, eight months in. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 I, you know what's funny is mom's it was like, like yeah maybe go back to soccer and uh, baseball we're going back to Chicago <laughs> well and so this I, ocean is, is I, rough I, I tell um, because one of the things is that they you know people will say hey when you when you go up put your hand up yeah, like, yeah. and I'm like yeah Always yeah protect yeah protect your yeah. face and head yeah. that was the exact thing I did not do I pushed off the bottom and the board hit me so now I'm like yeah <laughs> hand up hand up for sure I mean and that's I mean it's how, learning how to fall, you know, and, and putting your hands up and never go head first. You know, like, that's all stuff. Dude, you, it's important. You, you need to learn and so, early. So going back, you're, you're getting really good at surfing. You're, you made the U.S. team. Yep. And how was that to your, like, the, self-esteem and, like, confidence and your parents, like, you know. It was so, it was really cool. Like, so, yeah, I can so imagine that time for like, and I, I have a feeling if you ask Rob and Kelly and Taylor, like, 
it was probably the best time of our lives. Or for sure. Within, you know, yeah. I mean, Kelly's had some pretty good time. Of his life. <laughs> <laughs> so, Slight, yeah, he yeah. might. So, but it was like, you know, you're young and it's like kind of everything is... What are you, like 14, 15 No, I was about 16, 16? 17, 16 or 17. Yeah. And uh, we're going to um, Japan for the world, uh, you know, the world event. Yeah. And, you know, we actually, and this is pretty cool... We actually really liked hanging out together. Yeah. It wasn't like we weren't just a team. We were like, Oh, well, we got to hang out with these kooks. So you're like, Yeah. So you guys, you guys knew each other prior to the trip, yes. and you, you know, you bonded. So go going back a little bit. Yeah. You're surfing the contest. You see Rob for the first time, and you're mm. like, What? You're like, Holy shit! Holy shit! Like, yeah. Look holy at this shit. Speedy, freaking lightning fast laser yeah. turns and crazy dude crazy he was so so he was the yang to yang of kelly because yeah. you know he's a goofy foot and he's so skinny but he went so fast yeah you know throw a lot of so spray a lot of spray and you know it was always like so rob is like i think two years younger than i am and so we didn't always compete i would be watching him going dude i don't you know and then finally yeah. when he kind of went up in age group it was like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> this guy, fuck. Um, but he was just, and you know, Rob used to wear, uh, he didn't have all that hair. Yeah. He always used to wear a beanie, and it, or a beanie, but a, a hooded wetsuit. And so, you know, he was so skinny, and he'd wear booties, and he would just be, he might even wear gloves. <laughs> he wore it all. He didn't have any body fat. Like, he was skin and bones. He had to keep warm. He literally looked like a little puppet that you were just like, and he looked like a video game character, because he was just zing. Zing, yeah. zing, 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 everywhere, and so effortless. Yeah, and I still laugh because goofy foots um, and regular foots see things really different. Like yeah. I pedal out with Rob, and I he can't get five feet off the shore before he's turned around a little ripple. Mm-hmm. Like, and he just his eye goes to that where regular foots are different. I just remember Rob, literally to this day, he could ride a one foot thing and make it look like. The most interesting thing in the world. Like yes. G-Land? Yeah, right? He just like flying zing, around. Zing, zing. Okay, what, how about... It's how not about Rob, it's about... I know, but how about I Kelly? Know, the first kidding. time you saw Kelly. So, so that was... Um, yeah, and I saw Kelly... Yeah, that guy doesn't fall either. No. <laughs> so uh, he, it was the first time I saw someone do a... Like we just see every kid does a reverse. reverse. Yeah. But he came in, hit the lip, and the fins came out, and he spun around, and he kept going. And I was like... What? I was like, he did a backwards 360. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> That's what I would have called it, too. Yeah, like, what do you do? And, uh, you went the opposite way. Of... Yeah. So, so uh, you know, in those days, too, it's like talking about friends and, like, you know, he, Kelly would come stay. I mean, so our house, we lived in the Gulf Shore, so we were within, a like, it's like a 10-minute walk to Salt Creek. And so, um, you know, Kelly, a lot of us didn't have cars. I mean, whatever. Um, we weren't like just freely driving around. So you needed to sort of position yourself at a friend's house who either had a car or close enough to the beach that you could walk and not um, need to be calling people every time you went somewhere. Yeah. So my house was like Todd, Chesser, Kalani sometimes stayed there, Kelly, you know, Shano stayed for a bit, Ross, it's like whoever, it was always somebody coming through and staying because yeah. again, it was with him, you know, not the best wave, but it was a wave, yeah. you know, and it was... And that's what's crazy about your story. Like, there's not a lot of Pat O'Connell's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That well, you, you are not only a great surfer yourself, but you're surrounded well, I by th- other great surfers. Did you that, get, 
you know, the world renowned fucking surfers. But 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 competition is again like that. I mean, you probably would have ran into these guys at some point, sometime, but not in the way. Not not in that way of of being on a schedule, competitive, and that what aligned you guys. Yeah, you know, that's what started the relationship. In a weird, easy way, you became part of the group. You know yeah. what I mean? A yeah. kid from Chicago. Yeah, a kid from Chicago. <laughs> I, I, talking about people staying. So I had Jeb and LaRue stay at my house. Yep. Like I, I, I had the same thing. I'm in Huntington. I'm yep. really close. You're right around Everybody would yep. be like, I'm coming to your house, US Open, or for the summer, whatever. And I remember like him coming in, and he was jet lagged. He was like, I was up at, you know, find yep. out later. He's like, I was up at like 2 in the morning just waiting for like the sun, the sun to, come to come up. up. And, then I finally waited to like five and I, fell I just, no, he's all, I just started, I put my suit on and I started walking. <laughs> I'm all, how did you know where to go? He's like, I just was trying to like, he just started walking and asking people. <laughs> which in way a short is the beach? Full and his board. Yep. Like, which way is the beach? Where's the beach? And, you know, and it's not a straight one, hey, go down this one road. I you kind of have to like, yeah. kind of have to wiggle. Off England? Yeah. But it was a you know mile maybe a little less mile mile ten minute walk you know Dude, if isn't and, that funny yeah and it was just like that brings back memories of like yeah if you're close enough and we had bikes and he could have just waited another hour and we all would have got it right and he was right but he, he was, was just, too frothed out he <laughs> yeah. was like dude I'm going I'm That's ready so funny <laughs> all right so so your house was like the scene where where everybody kind of stayed and that's how you 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 met everybody and. Bonded. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was kind of like, you know, and then Hawaii was either the Hill House or Benji's house. Yeah. Like, you know, it, there was little out, outposts and camps uh, yeah. wherever. And, but I, again, like, I just kind of keep going back. It's funny as I talk about it. It's so important for, for those, like, kids to have that independence. And I think, you know, growing up in Chicago and being a part of team sports, your parents have to drive you everywhere and not have that independence yeah. Yeah. to be close enough to the beach where I could wake up at two in the morning yeah. and start walking if I wanted to. You know, it was, that was a big part of what it was. It was like, dude, like, yeah. you know, having independence and being Pat O'Connell, not the son of, you know, it's, it was just a really You're important. Really, in, in, like, yeah, you, you have to kind of grow up quick. You have to be street you do. smart. Yeah. You know, you have to have well, that was you got to be able to roll with the punches. You got to have, you yeah. know, I guess. And, and thank goodness, like our world was a little safer different. back then, or yeah. different, different, then, safer. Right? Yeah, all of there's them. just more access now. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. So, so when you were making your way through the amateur ranks, like what were you like? I'm going to be a pro server. No, I never like so. The the moment that I realized that I could be a pro server, not even doing the ISA thing and going to like, I still never really thought that was going to happen because remember too is like I was surfing with Kelly and Rob, <laughs> who they were so much better that it was like okay they're gonna like you know what I mean it's like yeah. it's like if you're going to school with LeBron and Kobe or something it's like those guys are obviously going to do something like. That, that's, I'm not going to achieve that, right? So, um, but what had happened is, you know, and this goes into like, they had the Bud Tour, which made yeah. it really easy at the time to go around and do events in America and not have to spend a bunch of money and not, you know, basically waste your money. Can, yeah. we, can we talk just briefly about, about that and the opportunity 
for surfing, you know, for surfers, especially American surfers at the time. And, they, and there was international guys that had come, Hawaii, you yeah. know, like not. But great the Bud Tour was. It was awesome. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the lack of having a domestic tour, you know, I mean, it's a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer so, for the, the kids in the last 15, 20 years. It's a bummer for the future kids until we could come up, you know. And there's been a couple little pushes on trying to get a couple events, but it's it wasn't the same. No, I yeah. mean, look. The, and how many guys qualified and, and on the Bud the, Tour? And what better time to, to recreate now now it's right? now i mean yeah it is because i think there's a big opportunity with so many more surfers but that big american push in that early 90s yeah when you did the bud tour you did a couple hawaii events and you might have done one or two other international events yep yeah well and it's you know again and this is sort of fast forward into you know current day but like that is the change that the wsl has made it's like Hey, there's a regional tour, there will be a challenger tour, and there's a CT tour. The idea of having those regional tours that you stay home, you earn enough points so that you're actually not like the model. Behind the ball. Yeah, the model today is basically, hey, if you have enough money, you can fly to Timbuktu to get points yeah. to find your way up the ladder. That's not only not fair because it means it favors people with money, but it's, it's actually you're not getting the best talent. And so yeah. if, if you can actually get you know, regional champions for all of these places, they mean more in the region than they do flying off to Timbuktu anyways. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they become like, you know, I use like little like, jet shilling, you know, from San Clemente. Oh, yeah. I just think is like the raddest little kid. Um, He's blowing up lately. Yeah. And I just think, okay, cool. Let's just, let's just say there's eight boys and eight girls who qualified from America to go on the challenger suits. And, and we as a community get behind those eight people. Yeah. It's not, there's not a hundred random people who just penny up a couple bucks and find themselves around the globe. It's actually no. Yeah. These are our eight people that are representing America to try to qualify for the tour. That's sexy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and that gets back to like. Okay, you, you, you can't work for um, Florence Marina X. You have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what's being teed up. But the yeah. problem is. Is what has to happen is like that whole piece. So as as they you know the championship tour and all this other stuff sort of stabilizes. That's that's the opportunity. And I think honestly, and, and like I was talking to Darren Brillhart, it's all of our opportunity to sort of pull that together. I think we can. Yeah. You know it because I, I think the other thing that's happened is you don't have to whisper. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, the the prize money doesn't need to go through the roof because we're not asking people to fly everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You just like scale it back, scale so, it to. So think about think about um, the Brazilian storm. Yeah. Right. All these amazing surfers. You would look at it and go, oh, all that talent was there. It was, but you know, it also coincided with ten regional QS events in Brazil. Yeah. For six or seven years, they yeah. had those. And, and I remember people upset going, you don't even have to leave Brazil to qualify. Yeah. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, this crazy amount of talent yeah. came out of it because they, they got to compete. They got to feel comfortable before they were ready. Yeah. And they just kind of kept hammering it. You know? Yeah. Oh, I remember Quicksilver, same thing. I'm like, I want to fly overseas and do this. And like, you got to put yourself on the butt tour. You know? Yeah. Like, you got to, you know? Yeah. You know? And then, yeah. And start making some heats. And it's some, almost like, like a farming system. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. So, but anyway, so so 
I had done the, the Bud Tour and um, I went down to Pismo Beach. I wasn't doing all of them, but I, I was like, okay, I did this event. And it was right after we went to Japan for the World Juniors. Um, and I won one of the events. There was four events. I won one in Japan. Um, nice. So I was like, okay, cool. I was like, had a little bit of mojo. Yeah. Surfed through the, the events. Do you remember who, the, who was in the final? It was a kid from Brazil named Jaco Jr. Um, random. Uh, Tedo Pereira was in it. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, oh, How are the waves? And it, hey, Faro te, uh, hey, Fara, um from from Tahiti. Okay. Random. How did I know that? That is so, so weird. Awesome. I haven't thought about that in 40 years. Um, anyways, yeah, the waves were good. It was like a little right point sort of beach break. And... Um, you know, it was the first event of, so basically the ISA was three events in a row and then they took your points and the top 16 boys and I think top 16 girls then competed on a final day event. And so, um, yeah. So basically by doing that, I, I made it all the way to, to the end. Um, nice. But, but what I was going to say was I came back and I think the first event was this event in Pismo and I won. And you won Pismo. I won Pismo. It was a PSAA, and it was the first time I made a real paycheck. And I just remember how funny it was because... But you were still amateur. I was. Yeah. But it wasn't... You know, the money used to go into account. You just had to write a, a letter, and yeah. you could get the money back. You could take it, but then put it for travel or whatever. That's right. Um, but I remember going down there, and I didn't... How know, much was that check? It's like 5800 bucks. Sick. I still remember that. Thing. 17 years old, winning a, your first pro contest. Well, and that was the cool thing is like my parents didn't, like they didn't know this was going to go anywhere. And I yeah. literally walked in with the cardboard check, you know, and they're like, holy shit. I think there was a little bit of... What like, is that, fake? Yeah. I you thought, can't cash that thing. It's too big. There, there was <laughs> right? Like, well, I think there was a little bit of like, holy shit. Like it was like great but also a little bit like oh no he's going to keep doing this yeah. <laughs> and so be careful uh, what you wish for kind of but I you know I remember I slept in my car for that event because I didn't have the money to stay That's at a so hotel awesome. so I literally just slept in this little uh, Nissan whatever it was it was the smallest car in the world but that's what I did dude I was like and I was happy to do it I was so stoked and you know um, I mean I, I I remember it like it was yesterday yeah but who that was, was the, who was the final on that one uh, Sean Pismo Madison. Beach is not a hard, that's a hard way. Oh, sorry, sorry, Pismo. I it was Imperial Beach. Oh, sorry. Imperial. Imperial. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. So it was Sean Madison, Marty Thomas, and I think Jeff Booth. Wow, nice. that's stacked. Yeah, I mean, I think every yeah. every that is a stacked heat. Yeah, it was good, and and I because those, those dudes were in there. Marty and Jeff were both on tour at the time. Yeah, so yeah, it was he just bitch slapped those guys. It was heat, so huh? it was so funny, and I remember telling people like they're like. You know, you. I came home and I remember the phone rang. It's like Casey called. He's like, "Hey, how, how'd it go?" I'm like, "I won," and it was sort of like dead. He's like, "Wait, you won your heat?" I'm like, "No, dude, I actually won." And it was kind of like this, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I actually won." And so later that year, um, like Malibu was like the one of the bigger events, and I kind of got pushed, but I won somehow. I think Dino should have won. Um, or Chris Brown. You won I don't know. Malibu, but I won Malibu that year too. So I got two bangers. Dang. Um, and it was like me. It was, the final was gnarly. It was Chewy, Dino, and Chris Brown. And oh, me. yeah. I don't dude, know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't think I should have won that one, but whatever. Yeah. But it yeah. was like that was when it was like starting to roll. I'm like, okay, you know. Um, you, you're. I'm thinking, okay, 
I was. I've won two contests. Yeah. I'm probably good enough to get on the world tour. Well, and there was a big gap, right? Because the the world tour was just so different. But it was, um, you know. Yeah, it was positive affirmation coming that I could keep doing it. And so, you know, right at that time is when they were going to make this change because the, the tour was these events that were sort of beach blanket, you know, bingo. It was like all the beach beach break waves, but it was open trials to yeah. every event. And so you could get in and surf your way through, but there was this idea that they were going to narrow it down to be more of a elite tour. There's only going to be 44 surfers on the tour. Um, and so that was right. I mean, that happened in 1992. Yeah. Um, and 1991 was the first time that like, so 90 was the Japan, the PSAA 91 was okay. I'm going to try to do a little bit of the world tour. Um, and then 92 is like, okay, there was a cutoff and if you're not in, you're not in. And that's when I started the end of summer. So that's oh, wow. the timeline. And, and at that time, you know the the QS tour split. Yes. And what was like the requirement like back then? I think it was like top sixteen. Is a good question. I think sixteen surfers, but you know, like point. You know, do you, you remember like what the events? Like the best eight your events. They take your best eight. You can surf as many QS events, and that's how it was and still is. I'm I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's kind you of know? yeah. But you you had to like. You couldn't just probably, that was on the verge of you just couldn't qualify on Bud Tour unless you did really well. Like you had yeah, to go had do to go Hawaii because those were four, four stars. Yep. You had a couple other events. Africa elsewhere. was always a big one. Uh, yep. Gunston was Gunston. a five star. Yep. So Nuki Nuki was a four star. Yep. So when Ram did you turn pro? Kind of right then. I think, I think it was like, I think maybe even Imperial Beach, I just took the money. And what, like, and what and what was your like first paid sponsor? Do we say yeah? Like who paid like when? I don't know. I like honestly. Come on, is that weird? Next so, time we we, we, we I, let's just cut it off right here and we'll ah! have, go back and do some research. Dude, do some work. It's so weird. Do you know? Do you know who I think it was actually? I think it was Instinct. Nice. You for Instinct? I did for just for like three or four months, and. Wow. So I was supposed to get paid, but I didn't, and so the con it just never went through. Okay. Like that was honestly like, and it was cool because it was like Sean Thompson. I'm like, wow, this is really cool, like Sean. And um, but I think the company was at the time, you know, I think they were like, you know, trying to dip into sort of like that future momentum. Yeah. And they they picked the shortest one on the. They went, okay, we'll grab him. And then I think the business just wasn't. Yeah, yeah, wasn't in a good place, and I didn't know it until I signed, and um, and that ended. Yeah. So that's so crazy. When did when was your first appearance in the Taylor Steele movies? That was probably the first momentum. momentum too. First momentum, right? First momentum. momentum. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because the 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 one where it's like, yeah, age, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I mean, so so um, actually, he was doing like all those. He did Seaside and Beyond. Yeah, and I I don't know if I have a wave or any of that, and maybe in Seaside and Beyond even, but I remember very very clearly when I met Taylor. Um, you know, he was in Hawaii, and 
we he would stay at Benji's and every day, you know, Jay knows like there'd be filming sessions and everyone would sit look through the little camera and Taylor was just he he had he had a vision and he knew what he was doing yeah. in a way. Uh, but it was like you know it's it's kind of in some ways similar to our stories in that he was able because camera equipment became cheap enough yeah. that the ordinary kid could go out and actually invest and do this and it was like cool I'm gonna go do this and, and he just started to figure it out and he had a, a you know specific like he liked certain music and it just like you know and he was Rob's like really tight friend so yeah. it just you know you talk about it, it sort of teed up those relationships yeah um, but it was and that was like early on in like you were probably what 17 18 18 yeah 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 and right before going to be a pro and yeah. all of that yeah and well and then it was Hawaii but then I we went on a trip to Mexico and I still remember Vinny De La Pena watching his best wave he wanted to watch it and he hit the wrong button and recorded over it I no still, I still laugh about no that. freaking way yeah. <laughs> and so that was when Taylor's like okay no, no. more <laughs> No Don't touching. touching. Oh my! But that I think was that's like, happened a, a million times for sure. Yeah, like that was you know the um, the stuff of Rob surfing the little left point. Yeah, that was like that trip. No way. You know, and I still remember Kelly. It was so funny. We're, We're talking like, Puerto Escondido, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kelly did this big backside air, and it was like a quicksilver ad. It was everywhere. Yeah. And we all saw it. We were going to the airport. Kelly was staying for a couple extra days, and I remember. Like, I think it was Shane and maybe Todd and I, we were walking up the beach and we saw him do it. And he looked into us and we were so disgusted that he did it that we actually turned away and we're like, don't let him know that we saw that. And we just kept walking with, fuck, fuck. Like, it was just, uh, yeah, it's so funny. That is amazing. Yeah, we were yeah I can't so give him the credit. How many? No. Is, how many fucking good things are you gonna do today, dude? That's kind yeah. of it. It's yeah. like, God damn it. How many NBDs are you gonna do today? There he goes again. Yeah. Let's pretend we didn't see this one. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Just keep walking. Just. What are you talking about? No. Yeah. I was looking down. I was looking over there. Yeah. It was so funny. Competitive much? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, yeah, it's crazy with Taylor too because you know it was. You know, like at that time, you think about it, it was like Sonny Miller was making stuff, Jack McCoy was making yeah. stuff, and they were they were really highly produced. They were they were movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taylor's was more of like, you know, and they were also about going to surf these dreamy locations. What was so cool for us, I think, was yeah. no, he's going to show you surfing the crap that you surf every day. Yeah. But people making that crap look really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it was like the first it's, time it was relatable, and then. Also, like inspirational, hundred percent. Well, I, you're, they're surfing your shitty beach. The, v, break. the VHS revolutionized oh, like yeah. that 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 whole movement right there because those guys were making like big film, yeah, movie like you know tour yeah. like theater like presentations, yeah. and yeah. of course they made them into like VHS and stuff. But like like you said, Taylor was making these. It was raw, raw, you know, not the best quality waves, home beach break to killer music and it was slice and dice like boom yeah. boom 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 keeps you interested you can yes rewatch 100 percent. yeah rewind so, so when did you you don't remember who your first oh instinct was your first sponsor yep. do you remember who was after that rusty yeah it was rusty it had yeah. to been rusty right it was yeah, yeah. and yeah. and what was that like how Gosh, did right. you how did that happen 
Carson's. Uh... No, dude. Now that I think about it, so so the rusty relationship started at Imperial Beach, actually. Mm. So after you won the contest, after I won the contest, and it was, you know, again, we there was this group of like surfers that were growing up North America, like American surfers that were, you know, is Rob Taylor Kelly, you know, um, myself and. It was kind of like everybody was like, okay, these are the guys that are going to whatever. And so I started writing for Rusty. And, you know, it was um, it was funny because so surfboards are such a big part of our, yeah, our world. And I had such this really tight relationship with Terry Sennett um, at Infinity. Mm-hmm. So um, and Terry was making, you know, my boards and a lot of people's boards. And in the beginning... I honestly was uh, like I was so nervous to leave his boards. I was just putting stickers on my infinities in the very beginning, um, because I, I rusty know, stickers. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know how to actually work with a new shape. I didn't understand that like that thing because Terry was he was in just Mission Viejo. I mean, he was yeah. a ten minute drive from Salt Creek, so I was there so often. You know, Rusty was in San Diego you, and you had worked a lot with your board design uh, and so shaping much. In the, you sat in the shaping bay with them and said, "Hey, I like this, I like that." Okay. We made boards like literally. He would just you know zap them out and it's like, "Hey, try this, try that." We did so much of that, and so working with Rusty was really different because Rusty was very refined and he, um, you know, and he had a business running and like jumping into the middle of that was just. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the time when they were making a big push. They were huge, right? Like yeah, they were yeah. making a big push with boards and, and apparel. Yeah. Yep. So what? Who were you dealing with? So Tyler Callaway. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. Tyler was there, and Rusty, um, a guy named Peter Johnson, who was sort of running surfboards, and it was really simple. Like it yeah. was actually cool, and you know, in the very beginning. Like it was a little bumpy figuring out the boards, and then there was a guy named Rick Hammond, yeah. who actually was one of the surfboard shapers, yeah. and you know, he probably was. He was insane. The best. He was unbelievable, yeah. and so I just struck gold with Rick, and he, and this is before computers, and I mean, he was brilliant. He was literally like, every time was like, oh my god, this board's better than the last one, and it went like that for for years. That's so awesome. What was the contract? Huh. Oh, I got like sixteen hundred bucks a month. For boards and building, yeah. yeah, that was like a big deal. That's yeah. like a score. Yeah. <laughs> so when you came home and I, I, I think that's it. I'm guessing that's like yeah. that's the that's the number that came out of my mind. I could I actually still have that contract. So, so let's say you were what 18 years old. Yeah, 19? probably 18, 19. And yeah. you came home, told your parents, were you still living at home or? Um. Yes, I moved. Uh, Vinny De La Pena bought a house. Yeah. So I rented a room from. <laughs> Who Vinny. did he ride for? Rusty. Rusty too, right? Yeah, okay. for Rusty, yep. Um, Did you guys compare contracts? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying Get on to Vinny, buying a place and getting a leg. Oh, he was smart, so dude. smart, dude. Vinny's always been good like that. So Vinny bought a house, and so we all sort of crashed in and moved with him. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Like, I think Sounds I was familiar. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy was my roommate. I bought a house. I'm like, Lenny, you got to move out of that apartment. Come live with me. <laughs> yeah. Happens quick, right? Yeah. I'm like, all right, but, but, I'm in. I mean, we, at this time, you're winning events. You're having, you know, great success. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pretty much a pro surfer. Yeah. yeah. Are the parents like, hey, what about school? Or what about, like, oh, is yeah. this not going to last? Like, what are your parents like? So, were they super 100% supportive? It was, You yes. can throw them under the bus if you need to. Uh, yeah. No, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, 
like so we're super conservative family from the Midwest like yeah. all my all my relatives all my uh, cousins and whatever we're all going to four-year colleges obviously wasn't um, this was completely different um, so I think my parents were happy that I was enjoying myself yeah. and they I don't think they ever saw they never saw this conversation that we're having today yeah they just were like hey keep doing what you're doing as yeah. long as you can do it at some point as a teenager <laughs> at some point this is gonna end and when it does you're gonna have to figure out what to do yeah but like you know just like any parent we all yeah. know like you just want to see your kids stoked and whatever and the great thing about what we were doing they saw like you know all of the friends were staying at our house yeah nobody was on drugs nobody was even drinking we were waking up at four in the morning to surf like yeah. I think my parents yeah. were like okay we dodged a bullet yeah for because sure. we don't have yeah. we're not having any of those issues Hey, if he's not going to go to school and he's going to stay healthy and do this, and he's getting paid to do this, we'll yeah. live with that. Yeah. That's going to be the craziest thing for somebody in the Midwest to comprehend. I don't yeah. think, I think when they were talking to my relatives about, hey, what is he doing? Yeah. I think there was a little bit of He's wonder. on a video! Yeah, I think there was a little bit of <laughs> He's wonder. on the cover of this magazine! There's no internet, so you couldn't look it up. No, right? you couldn't. <laughs> Nothing. But but it was I think there was a little bit of wonder he's doing what yeah you know and then yeah going he's all over on the, world. the cover of this magazine he's yeah. getting sixteen hundred bucks a, a month, month. Yeah, for, for playing yeah. for playing on the ocean yeah did, did, <laughs> that's right I'm sure they had surf magazines in in Chicago and yeah, everywhere what did, uh, what did your parents do for a living so my dad owned a business he made like Teflon like heat basically the business was based out of Chicago and he was doing sales here. And so he just moved here, so he wasn't doing this, but it was basically he made um, high heat resistant materials that went for dryer belts on t-shirt racks, um, went to aerospace, like it was like a multi-purpose. Wow. Yeah. It was literally a... He, he started this business? He owned this business? He did with my uncle. Wow. And so they, it was the business they grew up in. And so they had started their own company. And so, yeah, it was... Um, it wasn't a business that I was like, hey, I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Yeah. No, it was like, okay. Teflon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but it's funny now, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great business, but yeah. Yeah. So you're... But also at the time when you're surfing, you're not thinking about what what's going to come after. You're kind of living in the moment too. And, you know, like a lot, a lot of people aren't, you know, I think at that age... And back in the early 90s, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to get a job in the industry or start a surf shop. You know, you're looking yeah. around like, dude, there's a surf shop in every other corner. Like, all the jobs, you know, like, you're probably not really even thinking but about, like... But you're not even thinking about no. jobs. You're not even thinking about livelihood. You're just sort of... Living the moment. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, so going backwards, like, did you do good in school? Were you... I did fine. Did you apply yourself? Like, yeah, you, I was pretty lazy and I was honestly... Did you graduate lazy. high school? I did, yeah. Okay. I was so distracted though. Like, I mean, um, my senior year in high school, I missed a lot of school. I was already like traveling and surfing and, you know, a couple weeks yeah. in Hawaii, you know, Japan for two weeks, like, yeah. you know, whatever it was, like, I was pretty distracted. You know, I, I did what B's and C's and a couple A's randomly, but it was... It was never like... You're making me feel really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy though because when you, you know, fa fast forward to today, yeah. you've done so many incredible jobs. Well, 
it, it's that a, takes a lot of you know knowledge. Well, and and it it's all about applying yourself and yeah. like thing is is that like anybody if you're um, passionate about something and invested you're gonna you're gonna succeed yeah. it's like that's it there is no so, shortcut to actually doing the work no so okay so you, there's you, no shortcuts no you hear you, that um, people yeah going back to surfing and going back to turning pro sign the contract with rusty gosh yeah that then what then so so um so that, what had happened is i i had decided that um you know the the PSWA was really fun. So I the the that year I think it was ninety one. Um, I surfed through the trials at the OP Pro, and I went all the way through to the quarterfinal. I got a fifth. Wow. Yeah, I was so stoked. I surfed against uh, better than I ever did there. It, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I never did well there. We don't want to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> I always every year was like I'll do good one of these years and I just yeah well so I surfed all imagine the way sorry to interrupt yeah. you imagine all the times that all of us would sit on the beach yeah Jay yeah uh, oh uh, year after year year after year I still have to live with <laughs> what was the best you did I think a seventeenth round before quarters. Yeah. Gosh. I don't remember that. We have to fact check that one. Rin and Roca took me out in the buzzer beater. (laughs) He was about 100 yards down the beach and he caught a middle wave because it was swell and close outs. And he just got one that didn't close out because it was a little mid chip all the way through. And I was like, yeah. And you knew it when you saw it. I was like, there goes my there goes another one. one. No yeah. way. Hey, it's a good thing for Taylor. I mean, it's a good thing he had Taylor Steele fall back on. <laughs> do you remember our, our session we had in France? Oh, I do. I do. I thought Wait. about that the other day. We're yeah. not going there yet. So, yeah. okay. so go back to. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you so, killed it in the OP. Well, and, and so I decided, like, okay, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try to qualify for this tour, and that was '92. Was the first time that they had created. The QS and the CT. Yeah. So I had gone to the consulate. Remember, you have to drive up to the Australian consulate. Everyone, all of them, the visa. to get a visa. And when I came home, I had a, uh, I had an actual like answering machine, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a call from Bruce Brown. Now, wow. So he's like, "Hey, Pat, this is Bruce Brown. I want to speak to you about this thing." Blah blah blah. But remember that my friends, like all of us, were we loved to fuck with each other. Yeah. So I thought for sure yeah. it was someone. Right? Made, How did Bruce Brown get your number? No way. Like, exactly. So you thought for sure. No way. And so I let it go for a couple of days. And then finally he called again. And I picked up and he's like, yeah, I left a message. I'm like, holy shit. You know, and so he's like, you know, um, hey, do you, do you want to meet up? And I go, yeah, I'm. Did you I, know the movie is getting put out? Or? I did, but yeah. so so the because Kelly was around and Kelly had told me about the movie. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be him and Tom Kern. That's what I originally heard. But mm. that's kind of like you know the rumors go. Yeah. So I thought it was him and Tom. He's like, hey, I want to meet. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, no, I got Baywatch out of the shit. I'm gonna do. It. Yeah, yeah. Pat, yeah. I'll give this one to you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm on my way to win my first world title. He, that <laughs> or was did it. Already... too. No, he hadn't won his first one yet. Okay. So that was a part of it, though. Okay. Um, and so what had happened is I was like, hey, um, he's like, will you come up and meet me? I'm like, I would love to. I'm going up to do the Pismo Beach PSAA in like 10 Where days. Where was he living? He lived, so um, on the 101, on your way to the uh, Hollister Ranch in Goleta, mm-hmm. like literally one of those, Exit you look, it's, yeah, you literally driving and there's like a little mailbox, you look in the canyon and that's where his house was. Wow. 
so he's like, hey, would you? And he's like, well, I was hoping you could meet me sooner. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm like, well, when? He's all, how about tomorrow? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, literally had just come back from LA. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I drove up. I actually stayed at Mike Balzer's house the night before. Nice. And then drove up. And um, yeah, so I spent the afternoon with Bruce and it was awesome. And I was like, okay, cool. So this is 1992. 1992, and, and, and yes. And you're like, in your mind, you're going to embark on the... QS. On the QS. And I had, you know, done the, um, you know, the visa and I was planning my ticket to go yeah. to Australia, compete in those events. And, um, and, but before that, there was a PSAA in the, in Pismo. And so I was so stupid that I, so we had multiple exchanges between the time I met with him that day and yeah. the day that I was driving up to Pismo. And so the day that I was driving up to Pismo. So can we go back to the yeah. day of the meeting? Yeah. So you go to his house. Yep. We he didn't says, surf. He says, hey, I'm going to make Endless Summer 2. We didn't even really get super deep on it. It was more of, because, so Bruce Brown was a Dana Point guy, right? And mm -hmm. so he was there before Killer Dana, you know, Mickey Munoz, Phil Edwards, yeah. all of those guys, Hobie Alter. I mean, that was the original sort of Dana Point mafia, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so um, how I got to know Bruce was a good friend, uh, Gary DePella. I don't know if you know Gary. Gary is unbelievable dude, an attorney, one of Bruce's best friends. Grow, like, they're super tight. Remain close to um, Bruce forever. Gary surfs Salt Creek every day. And so as the film was coming up, I found this out later is that, hey, Gary said to Bruce, hey, you got to meet this kid that surfs at, at yeah. my beach. And so that's the He's beginning. a sparkly fucking Super, ripping surfer. A lot of energy, kind of goofy. White, good looking, white hair. Good looking. Incredibly, ridiculously good looking. <laughs> so, so what had happened is, yeah, so, so when I went up to meet with Bruce... We kind of talked about Dana Point the whole time. Yeah. It was really easy. It's like, oh man, because I knew where his house was, mm. um, and so it, like, what was it like? Bonded. You know, and we just talked about other things. So I don't remember even talking about the movie, to be honest. Weird. So did you? I knew about the movie. You knew about the movie, but you didn't know you like didn't... it was going to be a two-year. But he was just feeling you out. Feeling yeah, we were just like, hey, can can I travel with this guy for a good long period of time? That's what it was. Pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. and does he have anything, or is he goofy? Blah blah blah. And yeah. so, what he had said, hey, we're going to do like the next time I met with him was the film test, and that was kind of the, hey, is this the right person or not? And that was when Wingnut. It was Wingnut was there. Yeah. And so I drove up the coast with Shane Dorian and Todd Chester. And we went up and we hung out at the ranch with Wingnut and we did film test. And Dana Brown Wait, tells were those guys in, in the mix too? Well, they were going up to the contest with me. They had no choice but okay. to hang and let Pat do his deal. Yeah, right. so I'm like, hey guys, we have to stop and do this thing. We're all going together, so okay. you're, we're going to have a day at the ranch. But Dana Brown, Bruce's son, tells the story way better. It's so funny. He's like, who brings better surfers, better looking people to a job interview? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so, so Todd. Chester, Chester for sure sold the show, for sure. For sure. He was yeah. down on the beach ripping, and then he was drinking beers and fun and like goofing around. I was like, look how far I could pee. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this trick. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Missy <you>, Cheese. <laughs> oh, dude, that was exactly it. Man. And so and and so 
you know, I left there going, fuck, I really, I, I, I messed that up. Like, you know, Shane was like, ding, ding. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you know. But he was in God's hands. He was in God's hands. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was not, hey, it was not long after that. <laughs> Holy shit. So with the so, steely face and the uh, sort of magnum steel, what if, I, steel yeah. what if I told you? Oh my god, <laughs> blue steel, the blue steel. So, oh my god, you know, that would be a funny conversation, bro. Yeah. yeah. So so, boom, they they like what, what did they do? Yeah, like, what was it like? So they just want to see you surf and some I, lions. Some I think what they wanted to do script. is like you know, uh, this is kind of a weird thing. You guys get this is like some people are like good on camera some people are not yeah and so like even if you could be like someone that's super outgoing you put them on camera and it doesn't come across yeah i think they wanted to also do that with like wingnut yeah wingnut was already good like he was already like he's the guy yeah and it was like okay do they get along and then hey does that dude does he look okay on camera is he gonna is it gonna be a passing grade yeah so honestly so that was i think pismo was like March or like wait, and in April we were going to Costa Rica. Dang, dude, it so, was quick. So, um, what did he did he call you the next day or was it like a week later? Or? So I met the guy who was doing the the film was a guy named Roger Rydell lived here in Newport and so Roger called me and was like, hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna do this, and I was like, holy shit, and you know, when you're a kid, none of it really made any sense. Yeah. It wasn't like, dude, it's not what like... were you, 19? Yeah, probably. It wasn't like social and media these days. You weren't like telling people. You didn't share yeah, it with yeah, anybody. Yeah. It was like, okay, and I, you know, the things that I knew that were in front of me is I couldn't go on the tour. I, you know, basically was, you know, what I knew was going to be at least 18 months. And I was like... Fuck. Yeah, I was like, okay, you're out of this. And all your friends are like, at the time, my friends were just starting the tour. And you've already been in momentum. Yeah, all focus, that stuff. Yep. Right? Like, all that all, stuff. Th- those movies were already made, right? Not focus, but momentum. Yeah. Maybe one and two had been. And then, so I, that was when, and, and this is what was sort of strange for me at the time, is I took a total right hand turn because everybody else went on tour and they were filming at events or doing stuff around events. I didn't go to events for two years. Because yeah. I was on the tour, yeah. or I was on the in the summer, and so, so I couldn't. And and part of it was, they didn't really. Now it would be way more strict now, but it wasn't really that I was interacting a lot with other people because it was kind of like you were on call all the time. If something was going to happen, they wanted to be able to get you. And they had it mapped out. Yeah. Like, hey, we need, so, they're going to hit these these spots, right. and when it's on, we're going. It's so, a, Roger Rydell, you said. Yep. So so he called you. He said, "You're uh, you're, in. you're in the movie." Yep. What was like the contract or yeah, money? Was, or? So yeah, I got I God, it's been so long. I think I got paid seventy five grand. So yeah. I got paid yeah. something like that. And then if, and then everything months. paid for and yeah. like they told you eighteen and, months you're gonna pay yeah. seventy five grand. And I was like, dude, I bought a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what, it was and like what, the biggest thing in the world. It's like yeah. great. I and mean, what was Rusty and like your sponsors saying? Like they were. So they were they were really stoked. It was it was funny because you got to keep the logo. I got on. to keep the Rusty logo. Yeah, on. that was a big one. Yeah. Um, and but what was your uh, your what was your thought process like? Because it you're a, 
you wanted to surf in the tour. tour. Yeah. So how did you like kind weighs of like, out the pro and cons and go? It was pretty easy because it was down the summer. It was like yeah. the biggest opportunity Iconic. in the world. Like it's like oh, if you get like it's kind of like one of those things. Those are the the hard questions that you want to get. It's like it was so easy, but. It wasn't like I, I I did disconnect from those people and I was like, oh my God. Like, But I also knew when I was doing it, I was surfing around Rob, Kelly, Taylor, Shane, Ross. They were way better. And I was like, you know what? I actually need to get to the place where I'm actually as good as them. So it was actually kind of a good time for me to actually work on surfing better waves and be away from people. Yeah. Because I honestly, I've played this out in my head a million times. Had I gone on the tour, I'm not sure I would have done... You were ready or... I might have got beat down pretty bad, and I might have never found my path to yeah. making the yeah. tour without having the that's, summer. That's good you reflect like that, because I mean, you, you can't sit there and woulda, coulda, shoulda. You just got to be like, yeah, that no. was the best decision. At the you chose the wisely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that, that fork in the road, you know, because you're, you're competitive, like... Desire. Well, you want to hang out with your friends. You want to do. You want to make yeah. a tour and compete with them and video and do all that stuff. Yeah. So, so they didn't have to sell you on it, right? No. It was so in the easy. summer, Bruce Brown, they didn't have to sell you on it. You were like, "Yeah, I'm this in. is a great idea." Yep. 75k, 18 months, and they told you, "Here's here's the globe, and here's where we're going." You're like, right. maybe not even that specific, but yes, wow. everything, but just like, "Hey, we're gonna do this." And you know, like giddy up, here we go. What was yeah. the what was the best segment or best trip on that? So so I honestly <laughs> like I it's Costa Rica was pretty funny because so Costa Rica was number one and it was probably the place I wanted to go least. Okay. Was that Huntington ATM thing? That was real. Was that real? No. Was that the beginning? No, so that was way late, but that was actually a really funny That's story. Funny. So, so, um, cause that's the beginning of the movie. It's the beginning of the yeah. movie, but what happened actually, this is that, so this is Vinny yeah. started the brand called Ezekiel. Uh-huh. So I, that's right. Yeah. So I was wearing an Ezekiel t-shirt. So what had happened is we did a test shoot. Wasn't supposed to be in the film. Vinny had given me an Ezekiel t-shirt. I wore to the test shoot. I was sponsored by Rusty. Oh. Didn't think about it. No one was ever going to see it. Vinny just gave me a t-shirt. Yeah. Happened to be clean. I was living on my own. I was doing my laundry. Yeah. Clean t-shirt. Walked into the shoot. That's not an excuse. Right? Yeah. But, but, You're cut, yeah. You're. when all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to do this scene in Huntington. We need you to come up. We need you. And they took the polar. We need you to wear this outfit. I'm like, fuck. So you had to wear the same outfit? Oh, we had to wear the same. We don't wear any different clothes. In the oh, movie. when you rewatch it, you'll see all the board shorts are the same through the whole time. Dang. Yeah, we had to wear like you. I would go into Rusty and I'd get like five of the same shorts yeah. because you wore them because it was a movie. Well, because what? And that's what people do in movies. They wear the same shit to film the same shit. Well, because they're like this. Like, so what happens if I catch a wave today? That's actually a great one, and I catch a wave three days from now. But they want it to look like the same session. Yeah, I have to be wearing the same product. Yeah, so they just blend them into one. It's like, oh, that was yeah. one session. You're like, no, dude, that was like five sessions. Yeah, wow. So movie, yeah. all the movie. Fluff, all the behind the scenes. Yeah. So wow. So so you were saying Costa Rica was the best. I loved it. Yeah, and it was just I, I think part of it was well I loved all of the stuff. Um, 
But it was interesting because uh, one of the things that was rad about the movie is we met a lot of rad, like just cool people. Yeah. So the people who are working on the film, a guy named uh, Mike Hoover and his wife, Beverly Johnson, Brad Oland, uh, these guys were all uh, experienced mountaineers. And uh, Mike Hoover had spent a bunch of time uh, with Dan Rather, I think, in Afghanistan when there was that uh, Afghan war. So every night, like, and he, I I don't think he ever summoned Everest. I think he'd been to Camp 4 multiple times. But every night you'd sit there and have beers. And this was my first experience of like, okay, you know, we would all go surf. We'd do our fun stuff for the day. We'd sit back at night. We'd have a couple beers. And the stories that were just like, wait, what? And every night was something new. And then, you know, we'd have all these new people kind of come and interact. And that was like kind of the most rad eye-opening thing of the whole time. And I was the shit kid. I was the grommet of the whole group. You know, and so, um, you know, I would be out doing stupid stuff and, you know, talking to girls and doing, you know, stuff like that. And they'd be like living vicariously through me. And so I was like a little wind-up toy. Like, go, go, go talk to her. Like, you know, what'd she say? You know, like. Anyways, yeah. So that was kind of. Did you meet a lot of girls in France on the beach? Yes. (laughs) Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that movie is seriously. You know, we talk about how um, movies like that, big movies, move the needle, and that yeah, they 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 cause a paradigm shift Mm. in in culture and industry. Like when that movie came out, but. Afterwards, surfing became so big again. Or well, because, because you think about also like what we've been talking about videos. It was everything is in a tape cassette, but nothing was actually in the theater. Yeah. So it was somewhere you could actually go see surfing in a theater, which yeah. made it bigger than life. And it was like, oh shit, that was why it was so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a trip, dude. I and you know, I'll. You know, when you're doing all these things, you never think about it. Like, never think it's going to be cool or great or but whatever. Yeah, you hope. Yeah, and yeah. you but you don't think that it's actually, you forget that it's you. Yeah. And, I mean, I've only been, I've only seen the movie try twice. Um, Get out of here. Yeah, I literally, I watched it the first time <laughs> with everybody, and then I brought, no, I've seen it more than that. And then I brought, like, a group of our friends, we all went and watched it together. And then I've watched, I watched it in Scorpion Bay, randomly. Yeah. Um, I went to dinner with uh, Sean Collins and the guy, and they had it on. I'm like, oh, and I ended up sitting there watching it. But it's more of like those experiences, they almost, it's hard to watch because it's like there's so much more stuff behind all of yeah. that that it's almost like, yeah. It's got to be incredible to, to realize and, and think back like, fuck, you were in one of the most iconic it's films weird, right? ever. You know? It's like... It, it for us it's North Shore it's yeah. you know it's Fast Times at Ridgemont, Ridgemont High it's Big Wednesday it's yeah. Point Break and Endless Summer 2 is even more it's it's so, even more authentic and real than any of those movies you know yeah, yeah. so so Wingnut um, when my son was one he was really good about like saving all the press like literally we, we did archiving everything cool. and we went to New York and we did all these like press junkets we did Teen Beat I mean fuck we did some funny stuff but he said he he knew better because I was just a shit kid but he literally put saved duplicates in a box that's awesome and when for I, you 
Yeah, and when my son was one, I like will almost break down and cry because he literally showed newspaper up. Newspaper clippings from all the cities, everything. Shut the fuck Showed door. up at my house with the box. And he's like, this He is, waited until you had a kid? Yep. He's like, This is for Nathan. Wow. And it's like, dude, you should see this box. It's amazing. He kept everything. He didn't tell you anything about it. He just he showed He just up. knew. He knew that I didn't care. Like, I didn't keep... I don't have... Yeah. Fucking, what a great he, guy. He, he, Isn't that rad? He's yeah. way better. He, he's he way was, cooler than I remember now. Yeah. He was doing it for himself, but that's amazing <laughs> that he grabbed one extra copy for you. Dude. Like, it wasn't all about you. It was all about him. Dude. But he grabbed you an extra copy, which, Wingnut, that was amazing. That is Isn't that crazy. Insane. That's really yeah. cool. And it was just... And it was because... So, so I didn't keep any of the boards. I didn't keep anything. So Rusty, like three years ago, made me a duplicate yeah. of those things. But otherwise, I didn't have any of that stuff. And I, you know what? It's kind of those things like you don't care until you have kids. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Now that I have like my little dude, I'm stoked because he can watch the movie and go, oh, my God, you're a kook. Or laugh forever. <laughs> why are you writing such a, like, a big board? Big, why, why is that board so big? <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's narrow. Why is it so pointy? But it's so narrow. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a ballet slipper, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a genie slipper. Genie for it's sure. sure. Yeah. So, Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Carbon fiber in the middle of it, yeah. So, so like, 18 months. How was the how was the premiere and like tour like because if you guys have yeah, multiple premiere? premieres yeah we did the premiere the one was in hollywood at like the man theater just like the normal yeah typical hollywood thing and it was it was cool it's kind of a blur like holy shit you know um yeah I, yeah and, it was a trip did, and did you think that that might parlay into like other hollywood gigs i knew that like so I had rubbed up it close enough to it that I knew I didn't ever want to. You do didn't that. want really? it, but, but yeah. did did other opportunity come from it? Like, oh, we know this guy. I had a couple of interviews for things, but every time I did, I was like, because the things that I was was being offered was they were really like really kooky things. Yeah, and I was like, okay, shit. Like, if I want to pursue this, I'm gonna be that kooky guy. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like, and I didn't love. I have too much energy to sort of sit still all day to do one little clip and then that's your day. Yeah. Because like, people like actors, it's like a hurry up and wait. Like you sit there in your trailer for eight hours. And then you're on. That's Turn it. on and off. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, gosh, you know. Just doesn't seem real. Didn't seem real. But it's a job. Yep. I mean, that's, a, that's what they train for. You know, it's like a, yeah. it's an art, you know, and they, they're professional. It's hard. It's, it's crazy because you know that the money is so good, yeah, and and the notoriety and the fame that you can get, like that's. But something you're giving that, up a lot. You're giving you, but you don't think about that, right? Mm -hmm. You're thinking, oh shit, like this this is killer. I'm gonna be in movies and blah blah blah, yeah. and make good money. Yes, but yeah, it's the price you pay. What is the price you pay for? And that? I was like, you know, like I was, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a pro surfer. I wanted to be on tour. I was yeah. like. Because you know, honestly, like at that time, you talk about fork in the road. Like for any kid, they have these decisions they make, and it's like, hey, if you want to be like yeah. the Hollywood, yeah, you can make money, you can do all that, but you're not going to do the other thing that you want to do. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I really want to do that. Yeah. And and I don't think I was very good. Like I don't think I would have been very good at that anyways. I could act like myself, but I'm not sure I could have acted like anyone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, it takes a lot, and so. Um, like I said, I was gonna get the kooky surfer dude role. I mean, how do you, I mean, looking back and, and seeing what Kelly did on Baywatch and juggling surf and I have all no of idea that, like how, 
again, you know how that world I, is yeah. and how much... How many times was... Or how many seasons was he on? Just one, right? Uh, maybe one or two. I don't know. I remember flying home. He was... I was flying home uh, from a promo trip on the East Coast. And Kelly was flying back from from Africa, but through the East Coast. Yeah. To go to do more Baywatch. And we were on the same flight. We didn't know. It was not like cell phones. Like, hey, dude. And we literally on the same flight. And um, he was... He's in first class. You're in the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like, oh. As I walk by him. Where he said, oh, way back there. 53E. <laughs> um, no, but so, so he was flying back to do this episode of Baywatch where... He was like going to stab a giant octopus or some fucking crazy thing. And, and I remember real? him. Yeah, he was so bummed. He was so fucking bummed. Just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, And it was when he was signing out. Like whatever seasons he had done, yeah. it was where he was just like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. He was I got to win another 10 titles. Yeah. I got other things to yeah, check he off. He did that in the middle of doing winning world titles. Can it's, you believe that? Yeah. Yeah, some people are over cheers. <laughs> so, so you you finished Endless Summer two, which yep. is an amazing, gosh, so long thing to have in your in yep. your life. My experience, yeah. yeah. So then, what happened? So I I that then right the that, next year I went and tried to qualify for the tour. There's this like guy does it the first year. Yeah, I did it the first, first year. year. Not like me, like eight years later. How, I didn't do I gave up after like four or five. I was like, how did you do it? Like what, through the PSAA or was it? I um, did a couple. Yeah, I did that. Um, I had a good result in Europe. I made 93? 94. Four. I made a final in Portugal. I made. Because that was when like I was on pretty right. much or just coming on. It was like Ga- you, you and I remember Galley and yep. Pogel and like... That was the crew. Yeah, because the year before, like Rob and Taylor and some others. And we had, there was a, I mean, definitely, there was a bunch of guys. I think Debo qualified the year I qualified Yeah. Too. Yeah. So who, who uh, so you, you made a final in Portugal. I made a final there. I made a final in, I think, Pismo. And I think I made a final in San Francisco. Like when it was at the PSAA. Yeah. Those are my like the big results. And then I just had, you know, uh, I made like quarters a, a couple times in Brazil or something like that. I, yeah. But I went to Hawaii and I needed a result. And um, I was making the cut, but I just needed to make sure people weren't going to pass me. And I, I needed, I had like a zero for a count, like a really low score. So anything you got was going to boost you. And I paddle out and it's like two foot sunset point. And I've got Snip. Two foot? Yeah, it was literally two foot. And it was Snips, Larry Rios, and Keith Malloy. I, I love your freaking memory. I, yeah. I don't even know any heats of I have anybody. A, I have a weird memory like that. That is crazy. Well, I remember this. Larry Rios, you're not out paddling that guy. He's, <laughs> he's dragging on the sand and he's looping you like. Snips, they have the shit out of me. And I didn't make the heat. And I was like upset to like tears. You know, just <laughs> and I still made it, but I, you know, Mike and I still laugh about it this day. Oh my yeah. god! So what? Um, and just that was backtracking. Fire. Backtracking. What? How? When was your first time in Hawaii surfing big waves? So I always used to go and stay with Todd, and so he was. Uh, yeah, the worst guy to stay with. Right? Yeah, he would, and he was just relentless. Like because relentless. if if you didn't paddle out, like. He would make you feel like this big all day. Like, 
but he taught me like one of the best lessons is like, hey, you paddle out every single day. Even if you're scared, you just get out and line up. And he wasn't stupid enough to like, hey, if you're not comfortable, he wouldn't like push you into the lineup. Yeah, it's encour- more encouraging. That's it. You can do it like in your corner. Like, dude, you can do it. You just keep doing it. Like, it's not that bad after a while. That's it. You paddle out <laughs> the 12-foot day at sunset that's washing through. Then it's like eight foot. It's like, oh, I was out. It was way bigger the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it started. And I think also like Benji's house. Yeah. Because everybody's sitting in that yard. And if you do get a good one, the like positive reinforcement yeah. was like, dude, that was insane. <laughs> you know? It's like, Jay, did you see Larson? He everybody got that was, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a peanut gallery, but everybody's, yeah. everybody wants to see everybody get good waves. That's it. And the positive affirmation. You just like, but the old surfing, you know, saying is nobody remembers the good ones. They only remember the wipeouts, and that's that's as equally well, true and, to the T. Like, and, and the other thing though is like that group of people. Like Shane was out the back catching second reef bombs. Like you know, and so you're you're hanging out with these people. You're like, fuck, they're doing it. Yeah. Like, and and so all of a sudden it doesn't seem unattainable. Yeah, it felt like oh, okay, cool, like. You know, and it, it definite well. peer pressure though. Definite peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I used to sit there and I, I would laugh because like you'd book your ticket to go to Hawaii and you'd go, okay, well, I'm going for six weeks. And the beginning couple times I'd go for four weeks and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go home. And then all of a sudden you'd you'd get closer to six weeks and then it'd be like, dude, I'm staying. And yeah. all of a sudden you start like, I don't want to go home. Yeah. You know, and it was yeah. funny how that progression happened over time. Yeah. You just never wanted to leave. And it is. I mean, it's, I mean, it's Hawaii, you know, but yeah. the waves and the power, the, the, it's what you guys kind of the, live for. The, right? the, the, the diversity of waves over there, and it could be, you know, super playful and small, and then it could be huge, but there's always somewhere to paddle out. Yeah. Always. Like, no matter, you know. But probably a, a majority of what makes you stay there is the camaraderie of your bros, right? It's a tight little yeah. community. For sure, like and you, you're you can't leave that. You know, you, you get FOMO. I just right? wish we had a skate park like they did now when we were oh kids. My God, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, not not for the podcast. But do you remember the session we had on the east side? Yeah, yeah, I do. We can't talk about that. No, but, no, yeah. that's no, cool. But but the thing is, is that I actually the reason I brought that up is another reason why Hawaii became fun is you didn't just like. When people go and they're like, I'm going to surf Rocky Point, Sunset Beach, and Pipeline. Yeah. It's pretty limiting. You're not going to catch a lot of waves. And yeah. you're cool, but you're going to not have that much fun. So once you learn that you can go surf like the an outer reef or a wave that's not a name spot, and all of a sudden you look around and you're like, whoa, there's no one here. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of get your wave count out so that when you do sit out at Pipeline and if you don't catch many waves, it's like, okay, well, I can go surf. XYZ spot and get my wave count up and feel like human again. Yeah. See, that's what I do every single day, bro. No, yeah. that's that's why I said it. That's I surf XYZ. XYZ. That's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. No, and you gotta, you know, like you gotta catch waves and you gotta go out and have fun. And the rat race over there is intense, man. It's intense. Like, it's intense. How, how long did you do the tour for? Ten years. Ten years? Wow. Yeah. Long time. What uh um, Mr. Consistent over here. Yeah. Yeah. I just did what I had to to stay. I just wanted to keep a job. Yeah. 
You didn't do a lot of the QSs, though, did you? I did sometimes, like, but I, I tried like to just do the tour. Yeah. In the beginning, I did both, but then once I sort of went, okay, I'm not going to keep doing both. I just did the tour, and I, I kind of hung on for that time. But um, yeah. I didn't have great results. Like, I had a couple finals, um, which... Well, you want to hear a fun fact, you guys? Yeah. Okay. Well, I love it. This guy surfed 297 heats. Wow. Yeah. 297. Yeah. And he surfed in a 111 CT events. So that's about, you know, wow. if there's 10, 11 a year, you're on 10 years, 111 CT events. Jesus. With wow. 118 heat wins. Would you, where'd you get this? I have my sources. Wow. So basically it was one heat. I made it all up. No, I, I just sounded one, really good. I won one heat every, every event. That's about right. <laughs> no, I no, mean, no, that's just, that's uh, this was funny. This was it, it, uh, uh I, you know, my whole, like that whole career, yeah. um, I, I had moments where I was like, felt like, oh, I'm like good enough to be on the tour, but mostly like I felt kind of in the middle to like, whatever, like the sort of anywhere from 16 to 25 was like, that's kind of where I felt I was at. Yeah. There was a few times where I'm like, you know, I was a really I, good year you're breaking you know. I couldn't be in the top 10 you know like the year that I made the final I made the final the first event on the Gold Coast and I had Kelly in the final I actually was like I'm right there yeah. that event I was like I can win you made the final I made the final on the Gold Coast yep and I was like I can win and against Kelly yep and I I think what I remember at least it was pretty close I needed like a seven and a half but it wasn't like considering it was Kelly and it was yeah. like, you know, and whatever, lost the final, but it was like, it wasn't a blow away. It wasn't a blowout. I could have won, but it hey. didn't, but it was like, okay, yeah. cool. I was in the hunt. But that, that year, I think that was 98. I felt like was my best sort of chance to do really well. Yeah. You're against Kelly. So yeah, getting second's not bad. No. You know, I was kind of like <laughs> at, well, and so and one of his strengths, yeah, yeah, one of his. I mean, well, he was good and, everywhere. And but. so later in that year in France, I made the final, and he was in my semi, and I beat him in the semi, and then I surfed yeah. against I surfed against Damian Hardman in the final. Yeah. And the the final started out, um, and I let Damian go on a wave, and he he got like a eight five or something on the wave. It was just stupid, like. Tide was coming up and the wave didn't close out because it was so high tide mm. and he got a really good score and then I sort of came back and I only needed a six and a half and I had priority but the tide went high and yeah. it literally had stopped breaking for like yeah. 10 minutes and I was like oh man you know I yeah yeah would have should have could have Europe, Europe how fun like those were the days too. like the like France even Spain and Portugal like the whole just Everything over there was just the best. Well, how fun the, was the world tour? Yeah, the tour was everywhere, great. Was, I mean, everywhere was everywhere was killer. Over the place and yeah. sure you think, get you know shitty waves here and there, but for the most part, well, I think it was different too because it was kids today. There's a lot of pressure, man. There's there can be a lot of money. Yeah, it does. I'm sure there's kids that are having a lot of fun. I'm like I'm just older. I don't know what they're doing at night and yeah. whatever. But man, we were having fun. We were doing a bunch of stuff. It was serious, but it wasn't like. You know, it was yeah. kind of this thing that you were doing in your 20s to just experience and, and all this other stuff that you could set yourself up. But now it's like, dude, it's so competitive. It's yeah. so crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's kind of crazy because what you were going through 
you were in the tour when it was kind of turning on where there's a lot of money in it a lot of um, it was going from old, old guard to new guard to to dream tour like so all within it was, your, yeah, your you 10 were like years at, on the cusp of the dream tour Bob right? started the dream tour like two years mm-hmm. in like so I started in 94 I think it was like 96 97 was G-Land, G-Land popped up yeah and G-Land was the start of it and yeah. once that kind of happened it was like okay you know and and like kudos to Quicksilver because the thing was is like um the brands owned the events. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, the ASP was just a shell. And if, you know, we decided to put, if us three decided to put money in, we could run an event at, you know, Newland. We could run it wherever we wanted. And they just kind of went, okay, cool. Yeah, give us a cut and you're good. That's it. Yeah. As long as they got their license fee. Um, and so, you know, it was, events were, like we would go to France, it was Lacanau, Oscar Biarritz. Yeah. You know, it was it was always big beaches. It was big crowds. Yeah. You know, festivals. It was kind of like, all right, we're gonna take this a whole different place. And it was brought on by Billabong, who was doing the Billabong Challenge. Yeah, I talked about this all the time. Yep. And they, they were going, wait, these the guys are outcoring us and doing something way cooler. And so, you know, look, part of surfing and what we got to live was brands were battling. Yeah. That's the thing that we're missing today. Quite honestly, yeah. is that. All these companies are owned by one company <laughs> or two. They're, exactly, yeah. they're owned by, but they're also without this sort of, you know, uh, I we got to be number one, and we're gonna do yes. whatever it takes yeah. without that ego. One up everybody, yeah. Without that ego, it's a healthy competition. It was a healthy, and it drove probably unhealthy business practices yeah. for sure. But it was that's how the industry. And so when you look at those events, like. Yeah. Quicksilver did GLAN, Billabong was doing the Billabong Challenge. It was like this this battle, and you were always trying to one-up those brands. Yeah. Everybody was like, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna do this. Oh yeah, we're gonna do this. And that's how the tour, because the ASP was a shell. Yeah. Like Bugs had this vision, and he was, and he was, but if the brands weren't participating, his vision wasn't gonna go anywhere because there weren't really big corporate sponsors. Yeah. You know, it was the brands had to play Isn't along. Isn't it funny? Because when you say that, when you look back at what it was back when Bugs was on it, it was all non-endemic, you know, sponsors. It was Smirnoff, it was Coca-Cola. Well, when Bugs was doing it back then, yeah. yes. Yeah. But then what had happened is those guys there was a there was a, a switch where it's like no the endemic brands have to take more control yeah because it needs to be more intuitive to what yeah and and the industry is. was becoming an industry that's so right so they they took a bigger role in, in sponsoring and in and directing it yeah they yeah. wanted to get all their dollar marketing dollars out of it so they wanted to like plaster the you know the, yeah the town the event and put a you know they did everything they could to they maximize. Did. Well, and, and, and ultimately it became an unhealthy yeah. uh, way to, to, for the tour and, and surfing because everything sat in these companies. They sponsored the events, they sponsored the surfers, you know, they, they put ads in the magazines and it became pretty incestuous, yeah. Yeah. which is why, like, again, making some of the changes yeah, We're going to give a couple wild cards to a couple of guys and, you know, if we have three or four events, most likely that guy's going to qualify. Going to qualify. Know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so you did it for ten years. Yep. Um, what year did you kick out, and what was the deciding? Five. Um, it was. Um, I I had been feeling it in the year, like I was kind of like, you know, I I, um, 
I did good that year at Bell's Random. Like, I could never do good at Bell's, but I made the semis. And I was like, oh, that was fun. But I, I had felt like I, I wasn't as motivated. Not, not motivated, just... You know, if you ever walk down the stairs at Bell's Beach and don't feel magic, yeah. you should literally leave and never, like, you. I mean, it's magic. And when you do it for a while and you, I, I wasn't chasing something at that time. I wasn't going to go, hey, I'm going to be in the top 10. I didn't have a goal. Yeah. My goal was just to stay on tour. And I, at that point, I was like, well, that's not really a good reason to be here. And so I knew that. And so through the year, I was actually had a, I had a couple good, um, good events. Um, and I actually came into like this, the Trussell's event and I was like, I think in the top 16, I was like, okay, in a good place. And I had the weirdest thing that happened in a heat with Kelly, actually another heat with Kelly where, um, I only like the heat was kind of going back and forth. I had a couple, I had one higher score and I needed a six, 6.5 and the crowd was going bananas. Like I could hear people screaming, the, the, the horn is counting down. We're at like a minute and a half, Kelly has caught a wave. He's literally on the beach. I need a 6'5", and a six-foot set is coming. Oh, my gosh. My heart is jumping through the skin. I'm like, I'm going to get this fucker. Because we had played poker the night before, <laughs> and he beat me on the, on the final hand. Yeah. I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. And so... Came down to you, too? Yeah, and I, and I was literally sitting there, and, and um, so it was, it was there was a little bit of wind. And I, and I always, like, the way I would compete, I thought of one thing. Brad Gerlach always taught me, like... Focus on one thing. Wave key. Yeah. Yep. And so I would just get out of like. Focus on one thing. Yeah. Just because it would help focus you amongst all the other shit. And it was choppy. And I I wanted to get my first turn. I didn't want to break through the whitewater. I wanted it to be on green face. So no matter where I was, it was like green face, green face. I literally paddled myself out to fucking Catalina. And. I missed three set waves in a row at Trussell's. Wow. I missed them. Paddled myself out of position. Couldn't no, catch them. Nobody out. Kelly's no. on the beach. You're by yourself. By, by myself. Yourself. And literally the crowd, I heard like just, <gasps> and I was like, like, you know when the wave goes by and you're like, how did that fucking happen? I'm like, that didn't just happen. Did it really happen? Yeah, it just happened. Three of them. Yeah. And I was kind of this thing. I got to the beach you're and I was like, I honestly, at that moment, I'm like, okay, shit, like something's telling me, like this isn't, this isn't me, this is the universe telling me that it's time to time to go. And so yeah. I sort of saw through the back half of the year, didn't do great, started to fall off, like literally did really bad, and got to pipe and was like, okay, I need to make one heat to qualify for the tour, and uh, that's it. Yeah, I just need one one heat, and I got, uh, I was surfing against Shane Beshin, I remember, and a little backdoor nugget came. And I got a, a real high score, and and that was enough. I won the heat, and I was like, I you know came in. I'm like, okay, I qualified. I did it. I'm fine, and it. I never looked back ever since. I just never felt the urge again. Was like, best thing I ever did. Super happy, great. But I wanted to qualify so that I could make the decision. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, just support you know bad support blah blah blah. It was like okay, cool. I got to make the decision, and I walked away. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was really stoked to make the heat. Dude, for sure. Sessions so, a I mean, competitive prowess. So yeah. going back to the 10 years of being on tour, and it costs, you know, and sponsors pay for a lot of stuff, yeah. but... It's not a cheap yeah, lifestyle. Like, and I remember I, I texted you that photo yesterday. That's so funny. Yeah, that's good. 
that you read for O'Neill, you're riding Timmy Patterson's boards, yep, and you were on Realm, yep, right. That was earlier, so that wasn't that was probably early 2000s. So when the Realm disappeared, um, I started talking to Bob. So um, I was a surfer's rep, yeah, randomly, and uh, when 9 11 happened, um, we were supposed to be flying to Europe, and um, I needed advice from him. And, and I looked to Bob because I'm like, hey, Bob, like, Bob Hurley. Yeah, this is what's happening. And I, and I went up and met with him and Paul Gomez. Um, and I'm like, hey, I'm in this really awkward spot. All the American surfers are looking like to me to represent this group of people about us flying overseas right after 9-11. Like, you know, and I was just kind of asking him, hey, what do I do? You know, and whatever. What, how, when did you... Because you obviously you have a, a pretty good relationship with them. Did you write for Billabong before? Or? No, um, in fact, I I did <laughs> just I wrote for Instinct instead. I had two offers and I wrote for Instinct <laughs> instead of Billabong. Yeah, <laughs> I still have steam. I still have, fork on that road, huh? I actually I actually have the contract. So we were going through all the old stuff, Bob's uh, stuff, and I found all like Sonny's contract. I oh wow! Things. Yeah, it's really really funny stuff. Damn. Damn. It'd be fun to go through them with you guys. You guys would die laughing. Oh, I can oh. only imagine. You could do a, a whole podcast on, yeah. on that. On just looking at the sheets. Oh, yeah. That would be insane. Yeah. Let's make that happen. Photo incentive, get 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so, so, yeah. So, so that was kind of the beginning of the conversation I had with Bob and Paul about writing for Hurley. And so the last probably like three years of my tour were with Hurley. Got it. And so, you know, and, and Jeff, and Jeff Hurley was actually doing the team managing then. And so I said to Jeff, like, leaving the tour, I was like, hey, Jeff, I don't, I, I'm, I think I'm tapped out. Like, I still really want to do stuff, I, you know, because I, I like the people. The people were great. I'm like, can I, like, I'll do anything. I'll pack boxes, whatever, you know. Yeah, because you're kind of, I was like. You no. don't have a, a, you have a surfing resume. I didn't know. But. You never had a marketing gig or, I mean, did you ever even have a job growing up? Yeah, like a I surf shop. surf shop. Yeah. Did you work at the surf shop? Which one? I worked at Infinity. GT was my boss. Sick. Yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah, coming out of the, you're, you're retiring mm-hmm. at age 35. Were you like, I'm going to mentor the next group of kids or maybe I'm just going to get a a job with the mag what, I mean was there options yeah, like you talk you, I mean because you network like we had to have I don't know there wasn't like honestly I was like I still had a contract yeah early to, and, and Jeff had you know given me a deal and so I, I had a little bit of a landing pad it wasn't yeah. like I was out in the street but it was like you know I remember saying to Jeff like and Jeff was kind of a bigger thinker he wasn't a Jeff has never you're been like, you're like not useful to us like yeah, he knew he yeah. wasn't that guy yeah you know and so he was just like hey Let's figure it out. Um, there's no stress, but I know that you're going to do... Like, he wasn't worried that I was just going to sit there and collect a check. Yeah, you're going to stay busy and, and make work. And you're doing the drive-throughs and you're doing other stuff. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing about your social currency, mm. right? Because you... I like that. Social are, that's currency. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's my words. Oh. Right? Okay. I made that up. Okay, it's like big the guy. Quan. It's the Quan. The Quan. <laughs> yeah. Quan. We got it. But your social currency is your professional professional surfing career but you're even more important because of your time on the momentum 
yeah, Taylor and, Steel train, your fucking endless summer train. Like, are you kidding me? Like all I, those things, but you're smart, you know? Well, like, and it was just more, it's, it's more of like personable and, um, it wasn't that it, it was more of like, you know, I think people kind of know what they like, where they're going to go and, you know, they just, they fuck it up. Yeah. You know, and for me, your first instinct is kind of probably the right one. So, like, when I started writing for Hurley and Jeff was my boss, it was really easy because Jeff was a more broad thinker. He wasn't like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you know. Um, and so when I left, it was like, hey, cool. I knew I had a period of time to kind of work with them. And I thought the way I remember thinking was, hey, I can actually be more valuable to this company and try to help them sell things and, and do things that other surfers aren't doing because I'm not going to be on tour. I'm fine to go to the shop and sign or I'm fine to go with the rep and go you know, show a, a range. I'm fine to go work on product and learn about whatever. And so that was kind of how it started. Yeah. It's scary though, you know, when you're about to make that decision and you're making yeah. a change and it's annoying, like, you know, are they yeah. inclined to putting me to work, you know, putting me on payroll? Like there's a there's a lot of like ifs. Sure, it could have gone so there, sideways, right? yeah. It, so so yeah, you're lucky that Jeff is a broad thinker, but you're also like, you know, and, and you're adding you're, value to what they're doing and have a lot of insight. Yeah, but you know, like that's still, what does that mean? You yeah. know, like you got to still uh, perform a job and execute. Like, but they created a role for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, what, so what was that? I just I came in and started managing the team. That's basically what I did. I was like, okay, cool. Like, um, and. You know, started to kind of do a little bit of like help with some media and sort of change up the, you know, the plan. And, um, you know, we were at the time also, there you go. Um, we were owned by Nike, um, but the connection wasn't super, super deep. Yeah. You know, and so there was a lot of things um, we were sort of learning through the time, um, which was really, really cool because so that was sort of the stepping stone into really learning a lot from the, the people at Nike and how they approached like you know sports marketing and just yeah. like so sorry to stop you for yeah. a second did the Hurley Pro was that after or before that was after, after so that was so. like so how that happened was actually and uh, and, and US Open Hurley Pro yep is after too yep so 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 Pat O'Connell <laughs> is the genius behind <laughs> All of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, infamous. Well, I mean, that was the early stages of Nike acquiring Hurley. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you probably, you know, you guys obviously needed to grow the brand. Were they giving you guys the resources, obviously, to, to do that? Yeah. Like, to come up with a game plan and, and tell us. Kind of. And, and so, how, how, um, how that kind of started to happen, though, is so the, the first Hurley Pro happened. Well, it was actually a Boost Mobile event. The, the Lowers one. The Lowers yeah. one. That was how we first sort of got into events. and I Co-hosted? Like, yep. It, it was Boost Mobile presented by Hurley. Yep. And uh, what had happened is I, uh, Kevin Meehan was, was my boss. He was the head of marketing. 
and he was going to have this uh, at his house. We had a whole day planned to just pitch ideas. And so I was like... He, he did that SWAT thing? Yeah, so, so it was literally like we sat at the, <laughs> the house. pros and, and cons? Yep. Yeah. And so I... I've done that with him. I had, uh, I had coffee with Mark Fuel, and Fuley was, uh, was the big guy at Boost. Mm. And so... Australian guy, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was like, Fuley, you know, I've got this, like, thing, like, and he's just a really smart, great guy. And I'm like, you know, you know, what would you do in my place? Like, you know, and so we started talking. He goes, hey... Quicksilver was sponsoring this event. They're out. You know, would Hurley want to get in? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's my big idea. You know, that we'll yeah. we'll we'll get into this. We did. We only had Ace on tour. It wasn't like we were like heavily invested in the tour. And so I sort of put it out as an idea, and um, I told Rob, Hey, what do you think of this? Because Rob was like my sounding board. You know, at Hurley, what do you think? And Rob got excited. He told Bob before I got. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna get the wild card, yeah. right? <laughs> There's an angle. Yeah. So, Rob. so by the time I had pitched to Kevin, Bob was in Kevin's ear going, you better do it. Wow. <laughs> and so it was kind of like this funny sort of uh, triangle. And so, yeah. That well, was, I mean, that's that's kind of wild. You know, it feel, must be feel good to get like, I got a win, a big win. It, it was, was it was really important. Like, you know? And yeah. it was pretty much right off the bat or what? It was just not too, it was a couple years in. Yeah. Right. And it was just like, okay, cool. Like, and and it was it was a dramatically different direction for Hurley as a brand. Yeah. Like, and it was a, around the time that we started doing the you know the Phantom, Phantom board short, and it was like and it and it aligned to the brand. It was like, hey, we're a performance brand. It was a performance way. Summer event, like you know, like yep. showcase. That was exactly then, it. Yeah. And then I mean, what? Who was behind? I'm sure it's you to like elevate like the athletes, like the servicing the athletes in the locker room, and the giving, shower, like yeah, giving them the a better parking spots. So that wasn't that like that. You can take the credit though. Yeah, I'll take the credit. <laughs> no, but that, that was the team. And it was kind of like, Hey, if we're going to do this, we have to do it different because, and again, we had, we had all the insight of all the brands doing stuff forever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's what they did. How are we going to do it our way? Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, let's just find a path. So, that was what was so cool about it. It was like I said, it was everybody was competing to one up someone else. And so we were the young sort of new brand that was going to come in and sort of do something completely different. Mm. One of the things that we did that was cost not a lot of money, but was like a super big hit is when we did the US Open. 100 grand? The 100 grand. <laughs> but, but we also, we did an all-star event. And so it was... The, the feedback had come back. Nobody was going oh, to the yeah, U.S. Also. Open anymore. And I was like, okay, shit, how do we get people to come back to the U.S. Open? So I called Kieran Perro and Mick Fanning, who were both like the surfers rep. Yeah. I go, guys, this is what's happening. Like, I've been put on this assignment. That's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like, help me here. And stars. so we started kind of going through this idea. And there, and uh, a guy, Jeb, who was working at Hurley, he was our, our main uh event guy is just unbelievable we had kind of had this idea of all-stars and I kind of pitched it to Mick and Kieran and they got on board and the next thing you know it sort of blossomed into this little thing that it was kind of a hook to get people like hey they got voted in you got to come like so like Andy showed Kelly came you know all those people came that wouldn't have had to have come yeah but fuck they got voted in they yeah. can't be assholes and not show up yeah so they all showed That's up but when they genius when they got to their room we bought Apple computers and had them laser etched with the wow. U.S. Open logo. 
like Dane, all those guys which, that are like yeah, which isn't a big expense in the grand scheme of things, but it's personalized and touch. It's touch. Yeah, yeah like couldn't. wow, they're really thinking this. It's very personal. They couldn't believe it, and so yeah. after that year, it was so easy. Every year, people were just coming. Like, hey, yeah. where's my computer? Like, literally, hey, did I get a computer? That's what it. All came these to. rich bastards that could afford. <laughs> it was so funny. You know what those? It was so okay. I. Yeah, you were honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but in. thank God, I left during. <laughs> I left before all that because it got crazy. Because it for, went nuts for all those years that Hurley did it. It was like each year was just the music, the, the, the skate ramp, the, the yeah. mega, you know, whatever well, the park. And... How, how uh, was it? Six that took over that house that was on. Was it? Yep, just on the north side of the pier. Yeah. Everything. I mean, everything was. I mean, there's a picture of. Uh, Isn't it so wild? The it was a blimp picture of the crowd. Oh my god! It was a stage on North Side. No, it was on South Side. It was on South Side. Yeah. And and that band. Um, MGMT or they, Weezer. They, Weezer. Yeah. It, it was wild, dude. Surprisingly, how did it not become a riot? Well, so it came close, and so Jeb, who was. Uh, you know, that was like the sleepless nights yeah. is because that was why we left is that it got to the place. So if you guys remember Big Tony and those guys, yeah. they they ran point on um, a security. And yeah. so what we did is they were walking around with they were Aloha ambassadors or whatever they were. And they wore bright yellow shirts and they just walked around. And we're like, hey, you having a good time? And just so everybody knew that they were there. Yeah. Yeah. But we had to do that because. All of a sudden, like year three or something, there started to be fights and like stuff was happening. And we're like, hey, this is going to get out of control. And all the good stuff that had happened yeah. was literally going to go out the window in a second yeah. because something was going to light up and it was going to be bad. And then like the behavior of like the kids and it was the like... on the bodies and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, kids... Just got tasteless. It started bringing in all the non... Yes. surfers which you do want to come down and, yeah. and but it support, just got tacky but, yeah it got tacky yeah. and so that was kind of like you know when we I still remember after we had a wrap up and we all went into Bob's office to talk about it and Bob was so stoked and he was proud because he's from HB and it was like this thing and I think at that point where it, you know it was like you know, and he's a he's a pretty above the belt dude and when he saw the writing and stuff it started to get to the place where I think yeah, it was the the, the time, sun, to, time to go. Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, somebody else is definitely. And it's cool because I think Vans has done a really good job because what they've done is they've kept a lot of the like the really great stuff, but they brought the temperature down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a good way it, of put, putting it. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was on. You know, you think about it, it was a free concert, and Weezer and MGMT, those were big bands, huge. Yeah. You know, I remember sitting They're globally there, recognized, hundred percent talent. Like, we were sitting there, and I remember. Um, Oh, that's funny. Um, I was tripping um, that my phone would stop working because there was too many people. Yeah. The cell service was toast. Yeah. And so I was like, if something bad happened, like you're just, yeah, it was just weird. It was that fucking crowded. Yeah. It wasn't it, built for that. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, it needs, we need events like that, but it needs to be... Contained. Contained. Yeah. And, and, you got to yeah. have some kind of control. Yeah. And you were on the verge of being out it, of control. It was going to go out of control. And Jeb, yeah. who was our event guy, he was a military guy. And he was like, he walked in. He's like, boys, like, dude, too much. You know, yeah. and he knew. He's like, someone's going to die. So, it, yeah. So Don't need that on your clock. No. I, I'm really impressed. And I, 
I like to kind of highlight why uh, how this happened of of you becoming a huge marketing guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's it's really interesting to me because it's a weird path. Know, it's a weird path, and um, uh, I, I really I like to talk about how you know education. You know, we we promote everybody should get a college yep. education. Blah, blah blah. I didn't. Late night didn't. Yep. You didn't. Yep. And it really is a pleasant surprise that people can make it with people it. can make it and 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 it. You know, There's things people make you, it because they are passionate and hardworking, yeah. and the work ethic is there. And that's relationships the thing. too, and yeah. it's 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 having people believe and trust in you. That's a really yeah. big part, dude. and that's huge. Yeah. You know, you have people that yeah. were like they're supporting you from Jeff to Bob to yeah. Paul Gomez and the other you know team you had there, yeah. and you because know you can't. You, you became yeah. the marketing. What was your title there? Uh, Vice president of sports marketing. Yeah. Vice President of Sports so, Marketing. Yeah. So, so, and I and I think though is for kids that that's such a big title. fifteen years at Hurley. <laughs> but I think I think for kids listening, I think college is the is the easy it's the easiest path because you're you know I definitely miss things by not going, but I also gained a lot because yeah. what you do learn like so I'll use the U.S. Open as an example. So Roger Wyatt, who is the president at Hurley for a long time, really smart, unbelievable guy. From Nike. Yeah. One of the people who actually, like you say, like he believed in me and I didn't know what I was doing, but he was just fucking awesome. But he walked in one day, he goes, hey, listen, he went down to the US Open and it was the year before we got it. Yeah. And he walked away and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm so disappointed. And he goes, and his, uh, his question was something like, do you know any of these people? Like, can, like... Why can't we do that? Can yeah. we do it better? And it was the funniest thing because so I was always the um, person who was always asking questions. Yeah. And so I knew everybody. I was, you know, and so literally the very next day, or I even think that day, I had the crew at IMG, Chris Conrad and them, in our office. Wow. And that was what a timing. Well, just because I knew to ask questions, I knew who the people were. And, yeah. and it's the relationships. That's it. I and mean, it's like, you know, and I was so kids. So like, this hey, when, is literally, this is U.S. Open. Somebody else was doing it. Yep. And Roger said, why we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was, the thing is, is that when, uh, for kids that are listening that, you know, you always have to be open. And, and when we talked earlier about being in the surf, like, Hey, everybody from the guy that is my doctor to a turn, uh, Use the end of the summer. I got the end of the summer thing because a guy that I surf with every day thought I was not an asshole in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really that simple. Yeah. And and I got a smile on his house, easy, gets yeah. wave, and like, you know. It'd be perfect for you, man. Yeah. You, you just never know. And so you, you know, for all the kids, it's like, hey, have the biggest open mind, ask lots of questions, be super curious because you never know who's in the water and what that's going to mean. Yeah. And at a one minute when my boss, who I looked up to, you know, whatever, asked me, like, hey, do you know anyone at, that does the U.S. Open? It wasn't, I didn't have a standoff relationship with people at surfing events. Yeah. I deeply knew who these people were. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Chris Conrad. I know Chris. Jennifer Lau. Yeah. Boom. Done. Phone call. Oh, hey. You know, yeah. I, I remember. It does, it does help when you're 
Pat O'Connell yeah. and your fans and stuff. Too. You know, Star they, of Endless Summer too. They they take your calls. <laughs> no, no they, but 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 that I mean it, it it does. And again, we go to you know what you bring to the table, yeah. and it is having those relationships and and being able to make those calls and people answer them like oh it's pat o'connell like yeah. well, they, that's, but it's that saying it's it's who you know that gets you there it's what you know that makes you stay for sure right yeah and that's that's killer that's this guy, you this guy over here that's great <laughs> social currency <laughs> Jeez, i love it write a book yeah so so 15 years at Hurley. Yep. What what other I mean you did you got Vice President of Sports Marketing. Yes. Yeah. So big big okay. events. Sorry. I want to no, no, I want to say <laughs> Hurley lowers Hurley US Open. Mm-hmm. Any was there other events that you guys did anyone? We did yeah, we did Australia Open of Surfing. Oh, that's we, right. we had a plan we were gonna do opens. Oh, we, were gonna do, or those. we were gonna do one in Europe. I said OP open. Yeah, yeah we were gonna cool. Yeah, we were gonna yeah. do one in Because that's what I think I remember is that was kind of a plan for a little bit. Yeah. So so when you quit <laughs> pro surfing and you told your parents, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what were they what were they saying? Now what, son? What Come to the family business. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean Brush up on your Teflon? Well, like today, like they would never, like they could have never imagined. Like I didn't imagine like it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like years later, you're still talking about surfing and talking about fins and. So, so that's the beauty of our sport. I mean, that's like, it's, it's truly, it is a sport, but it's more of a lifestyle than yeah. it is a sport. Although yeah. you got to have that. It's a way of life, man. It's a way of life. <laughs> yeah. Social currency. So, yeah. so what, yeah. what happened after Hurley? So, yeah, and so, I, I mean, it was, I had been there for a long time, and um, so I was on the board of the ASP at the time. This is going so back. So rep still? Yeah, no, I was oh. an event rep. Event rep. So basically, yeah, so because we had an event, um, the event position rep sort of alternated between myself, Neil Ridgway, Graham Stableberg at Billabong, um, you know, Rod Brooks at Quicksilver, and Doug Palladini events. Like, we all sort of passed the baton and sort of did one of these. And so um, I, I, Dirk Ziff and a guy named Paul Speaker came and sort of pitched us on a new idea yeah. of, of running the tour, um, which, which to me was super attractive because I had felt sitting in those rooms, some of the best thing about the brands battling each other it was also a bunch of people who had battled each other for so long that it was like, it became a little bit incestuous. Like, you stole my girlfriend when I was 12. Well, I hate, you know, I yeah. stubbed my toe and you dropped in on me at Burley Heads. Like, it, it felt like it was getting to that place where somebody, there needed to be someone in a change. Um, and so um, Dirk was super passionate about surfing um, and was like, hey, I've got this vision, which was to basically take all of these, you know, I don't think people realize how hard it was to get an event to actually market your event because like at Hurley Pro we were on the back end of Tahiti for a long time and to get actual stuff to market our event we'd have to go to Billabong Quicksilver we'd have to make a bunch of different phone calls because the ASP didn't own anything they didn't have a database of anything so every time we were trying to build up a story to market our event you'd actually have to call every other brand and and they would sometimes they go hey you're gonna have to pay for it Wow. Like, you know, it was like, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was just, it made no Let's sense. Say it free, man. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it made no sense. And so 
you know, amongst doing other things, you're We're making, all in this to win. Like, come on, yeah. you got your yeah. event, we got our events, like, you know. Well, and then what, what would happen is you would do your event, at, we had ours at, at Trussell's, and I'd be like, okay, cool. And then I'm calling all these different networks trying to sell our event. And it's like, okay, wow. cool. Because it's like we would sign on the dotted line for a few million bucks, and now we got to scratch some of the money back. So it's like, hey, we do a deal with Globo or ESPN or Brazil or something, you know. And it's like, so you're making these phone calls. So you, as the brand, would have to do that part of it. Yeah, they didn't. We we own the media rights. Wow. The brands own the media rights. And that's a good thing. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, and the, and the events wanted to keep them because they had relationships that maybe they made a couple bucks back. Yeah. But you were starting from scratch every year, and then what would happen is that someone would make a deal with someone, and all of a sudden your deal that you thought you had would go away because they had someone would do like G might have said, "Hey, I'm going to sell Tahiti to ESPN, but I'm going to give it to him because I'm going to get a prime time spot." Mm. And so I'd go to ESPN, they'd be like, "Hey, Billabong just gave it to us for free." So now I'm just like I'm screwed. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, you guys are competing whatever, for the same yeah. ad and marketing space. Yeah, so, that's so crazy. So instead of having a a centralized, a central like, hey, this is this is the baseline. This is what we're gonna get, and we're gonna guarantee everybody a certain amount of, you know, coming out with the. I mean, it's always more more is better, you know. If you yeah. can sell not just one event with one brand, but eleven events all at once, put everything know. in the center, and then do one deal. And so that was the way more attractive. That was the inception of yeah. the of the WSL, and what it made so much sense. Get all of us. We, you know, the the they they took our license. We gave it back, and basically they then ran one place, one stream, one service. So everybody, because if you think about like. If you watch the Vulcan Pipe Pro, it runs today, it runs through Red Bull's player, mm. right? Yeah. Everybody had their own version. So you, to, to actually watch pro surfing, sometimes you didn't have the right player to watch an event. You're like, oh my God, I got to download a new one. Yeah. yeah. It was so simple. Their vision was, hey, we need one stable place. So it's, the experience is super easy. We forget how like backwards it was. Yeah. So that was the vision and it was like, made total sense. So I had a relationship with them and so when you know my time at Hurley I always would talk to Dirk you know whatever and so that was when you know I started to go hey maybe I can help out you know the WSL um, and so yeah it felt like the right time I've been at Hurley for a long time and was like okay cool um, jumped up and started driving to Santa Monica yeah, <laughs> yeah. from, wow. from, from and you're still down Dana Point yeah, yeah, that's was, not a friendly. Did you day. have to go every day, or was it like no? You know, um, no, I didn't go every day. Um, but I, I, you know, I fundamentally believe that like office is a good thing. I, I don't love being in the office. Yeah. A, I'm not a fan of it, but I actually think it's a really good thing. And so I was trying to go up there a bunch, and I was actually trying to learn a lot about what like everybody. Yeah. Yes. You know what they did, what they contributed. Yeah. What you know, be able to bounce ideas on the fly and instead of just here's an email maybe I'll get to it later today or tomorrow or next week and 100%. you know when you're face to face you get shit done you get yeah. freaking well, shit you, done you went to the Hurley office quite a bit right yeah yeah so every, every day every day yeah. and I just think that Santa Monica is like three hours four hours one way yeah and so that was a gruel like yeah. you know and um, so so I started in 2019 and we you know we we, we ran that that season and it was you know 
basic like there weren't really any glitches there was some stuff yeah. that can be better some you know but there was always this idea that you know the tour is going to have to make some changes yeah um but backtrack one second like the when when you said you were they were doing dirk ziff took over yep. and they had a, a really good plan about how the tour is going to yep yeah and the tour from your time has become even way better. Way right? better. Yeah, like money. Better. It was, it's more stable. It's the dream tour. Yeah. And, and it's the production value is through the roof. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest pro surfing's ever looked. Yeah. yeah. Like That's the thing that um, I, I really uh, want to commend those guys for creating a Jeez. really professional, you know, the World Surf League. I mean, when you watch it, on, on your it's crazy. or on your iPhone, yeah, it's it's or your the, TV. The stuff that they they come out with, I mean, yeah, it, it's got to be they become a media. That's it, yeah. um, machine, right? Yeah. Content creating, and and that's where we have a little bit of like, what should they be doing? I think they need to focus. They 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 need to focus on the the, the events because that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah, but. With the competition of, of or lack of Events. magazines and, and other other avenues to highlight surfing, surfing and yeah. personalities yeah. and content and stuff, like they have the, I feel like a really, really good. They're in a really good position to yeah. to yeah. to do and, more outside of just the events yeah. with the athletes with on location and, yeah. and supporting like those destinations but as far as like how we view contests right yeah. it's way heads 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 and tails way better than it used to be right oh, for sure and oh unfortunately God. you know covid happened and i mean like we yeah, you came off earlier the biggest Probably final. numbers five million yep. at, yeah. at Italo and, and Gabriel like you know yeah. final to just and who who knows what breaks. could have this this year twenty twenty could have been right yeah yeah I mean and and I I like it, that's it, every sport every, you look at numbers across the board everything's down yeah. I I Reason. think you know look and and I I pretty optimistic COVID sucked right but if you look at the positive it it gave us license to make some hard changes that I think, you know, people, people are always going to have a hard time with change. Nobody likes to, uh, I yeah. should say, no one likes when change is made when they're not making the change themselves. Right. Right. Um, but this, for example, has been, um, you know, challenging yeah. because you can't actually see it play out. You're sort of making these changes based on of information data that is coming back to the league based on, uh, the ever-changing world of how people participate and watch sport. Um, you know, one of the things that nobody really talks about is, you know, not not implemented this year uh, for a couple reasons, but one just being because this is always, 2021 was going to be a challenging year for the tour. But 2022, there's a cut halfway through the season. Yeah. So where we, you know, there's, you know, Dave, Dave Proden and I talk all the time about it. It's like the thing that's so great about the tour, there needs to be stakes. Yeah. Things need to. And what would happen through the year if you looked at. Because nobody's going away if they fall off. That just makes them hungrier and they're coming back. Like yes. that's you need. Well, and, and what would happen for a viewer, it's like it would start high. But then the season was so long 
Yeah. People's interest would wane. They get they do other things, and it's like, oh shit, the back half of the season, someone might win, and all of a sudden the interest goes up. Yeah. But it's like, hey, can we shorten that? Make it more interesting, but make more points that people have to actually watch to see if something's going to happen. And yeah. give the guys a, a little bit more time off than two and months. give them more time off. You know? Like, they don't need to be, like, a month, a month, a month. Like, back up a few events, and then, you know, like, obviously it depends on where they're traveling in the world and, you know, uh, you know logistics and stuff. But I'm I, a surf I, turkey. I want to see them once a month. I, I <laughs> Well, at least. I'd rather see them, you know... At sometimes a couple times a month, and then have them have some breaks and 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 well, know. because the creativity goes yeah. away if yeah. they don't get that time to be free yeah. surfers and go do other things, they just become contest rats, yeah. and that's not good for the sport either. So, you know, content like you know, uh, getting in, in, in impressions on the site, you know, like knowing mm-hmm. tracking traffic, mm-hmm. you find out who's streaming live. Some of these events are in the middle of the night here, you know. Yeah. So I go back and I, I rewatch heats or I do the the on demand or whatever. Can you guys track how, yeah. how many people watch all of that? Yeah. And which athletes are obviously drawing major audience? Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I I remember this uh, when we were doing the countdown stuff. Yeah. Italo flew to Europe and, you know, bef- like we were literally watching the numbers skyrocket before he would pedal out. Yeah. Like and, wow. and that happens like. You know, there's certain people who, you know, Kelly paddles out, the world watches. You know, yeah. it's like, um, you know, and, and waves matter. You know, waves matter so much. So like much. If if the waves are 10 foot at Chopu, your chances of getting people to watch, are they go through the roof. Right. You know, if the title, you know, uh, one year that John won, or I think John won, yeah, and he won in Portugal, the viewership for Pipeline was like literally like, a third of what it was before because yeah. it was already decided it's already decided yeah. there's no stakes people want to see people win and lose that's why you watch like yeah. if there's nothing if there's nothing on nothing's going to happen see the Hill Mary that's it why are you going to watch <laughs> yeah. and so you know and um, that's that's out of everybody's hey, hands those people aren't fucking fans then yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah soft Soft. Yeah. But that, I mean, a lot of that's out of your hands, but you, you try to set up those scenarios with, with venues and, and having the waves at the right time of the year. And, that's, and that's, that, that's the way the system is. But, you know, I think, you know, going back to, you know, keeping the, the viewers interest is changing up the locations. Like the whole world, the planet yeah. has so many good waves and they're able to run them anyways. I mean, they used to run at G-Land, which is like, that's so far removed and in certain places. It was back on the tour, and I'm just using that as an example because it's you know it's not an easy place. You look at you look at Fiji, you look at Tahiti. I mean, all of these spots, and like Lyndon said, the the the, the four angles of video, the commentating, they got people in the water. That like it's a really well put together. (laughs) I know, yeah. Waz waters in Waz is in the water, but uh, or female, but um, you know it's it's the the production's great. I just would like to see on those downtimes more. Yeah. More more about the people, their training, the, the free surf sessions, the what they're doing, you know, and, and really involve more of that Looks side. like Laura wants your job. He I want a job. To, yeah. I want <laughs> I want more drama. Laura wants to be it's a it's Hey, a, hey, it's not actually from Huntington to drive to Santa Monica this morning. Well, it's not his back. <laughs> he's got a sprinter. Yeah, he's got a yeah, sprinter here. <laughs> I'll go see some accounts and just pop yeah. in. No, I mean but but everything you're saying is is totally makes sense, and I think that yeah. the, um, you know, the guys there, they, you know, especially during the pandemic, 
it, it's really kind of refocused, yeah. like what has to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing more important than the world title. Um, best surfers, best waves. And yeah. this year is going to be a challenge. Like, hey, is Meriwether and Nuke uh, and Yervine? No, for sure. But, you know, I don't know if, uh, you know, this will come out much later, but there was an outbreak in Queensland that just yeah. happened. They closed the state borders. Imagine if we tried to run in Queensland, we would have been stuck. We would have lost an event just now. Yeah. You know, and so um, going into that process, there was literally a what happens if we run all four in New South Wales? Like the WSL got shit on for this idea to go to Lennox. Lennox wasn't even really one of the events we were looking at. We were going, we were saying, hey, what happens if we have to run four? Let's put four on the board. And then all yeah. of a sudden we got nailed by Lennox, but it wasn't even an event that we were looking to run. Yeah. It was, and, and this is the problem that the tour actually has is that whatever they've done, it's so divisive that you've created like they can't do anything in in a silo and quiet they they can't work on something without somebody finding out Mm. and what happens is like that example like there was there was an ask for a permit in lennox the media got a hold of it it went bananas and then all of a sudden people got super upset from our standpoint we were just like going holy shit we literally just are inquiring Yeah. yeah if it's a no cool yeah but it doesn't need to be that i hate the wsl campaign yeah. it was a simple ask yeah and and really what you got to look at the map and like what hey we traveled the coast pretty intently you know from where else can you go sydney to the gold coast yeah. and you look at the you know the locations it was crazy that that hey that would be cool like it's like hey i'd like to see a, an event at Rincon. you can imagine you get the same response same from response. the locals there yep. yeah well you're gonna ruin everything you know well, and yeah, okay. This is just a thought because it's a good wave. Yep. Anything. Or good, good yeah. place. So before we talk about your new gig, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you questions that we kind of ask our other... Yep. Who did you grow up like... Idolizing? Yeah. Tom Curran. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. Regular foot, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by far. Mean bottom turn. For Endless Summer too. I, st- I stayed with Tom in Hawaii for like four years. We he always we stayed together because he was on the realm. Yeah, oh, did right. you have a house yeah. back then? Man? I I rented Ross's house at Sunset, mm. and so he'd stay there. It was yeah. cool. We'd surf Sunset Beach in the morning. First people every morning we'd run out. Tom Just was you cool. backyard Tom. Sunset. Tom sunset. and Adam Adam stayed there. Adam Rapogel too. Yeah. And we just had a little posse, rodent. yeah, rodent. <laughs> and so we used to run out and surf Sunset, and um, dude, those were good times. Man. Yeah, and he, he's a I heard type, type of guy that. You're paddling out no matter what every day. Every day. Every Tom day. was just psyched and just, I mean, we would just get up at four in the morning and start drinking coffee and Tom would brew his coffee twice. It was like literally, it would double coffee up. It would be like thick and we'd just get so caffeine and psyched and we'd be just running out there and it'd be, who knows how big it is yeah. in the dark every morning. And, wow. you know, and I'd be paddling out with Tom and I'd be sitting there, you know, in the dark and looking at him like, oh my God, this is Tom Curran. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, Ledge. So that's got to be surreal, right there. Um, what's West your, Coast. Wait, what's your favorite? What was your favorite tour spot? spot? Not the lifestyle. Not the not the the wave. Reunion. Yeah, the, the wave. The reunion. Yeah, so mm. good, huh? How yeah, fun that wave! I just lo- I would honestly sit there and go, I just want to be on tour just to go back to Reunion yeah. Island. You know what? I just I was doing a little research, you know, on us. 
and we we shared a song in in Taylor Steele. Oh, Good no times. Way. Really? Yeah. And uh, or no, the show. Sorry, I got them mixed up. No way. Yeah. yeah. And there's that a the few one ways where from, you came come out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. From from reunion, there's a few ways. What's that band called? I don't know the name of the song. Do you remember the song? Yeah, I do, but I'm not. Dude, those are good days. But yeah, that stop was so. I loved it. Yeah, it was cool. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Reunion Island. Yeah. Perfect left. Beautiful girls speaking French. Yeah. Just like dude. In a couple of there couple of sketchy ways and lots of sharks. Fucking so many sharks. Isn't that weird? So just such a bummer. I wouldn't even go surf there anymore. Yeah. So. All right. West Coast Board Riders. Yep. You're Dana Point. Oh yeah. I'm 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 getting texts from my fellow teammates right now. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming it's up in start, a couple months. It's gonna start back up pretty soon, right? Yeah. yeah. Well they're holding like a I think a final a weedy like invitational case. Oh, it's in June, right? Yeah. No, that's yeah. I think is May? Yeah, I don't know. I I gotta look. Again, don't I'm not good with dates, but they, they've been there's been talks that there are events coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. How great is the West Coast Board Riders Club? Yeah. It's unbelievable. I too. mean our sponsors, Caliente Southwest Grill, they, they right. sponsor the H B and, and Bonsai Bowl and Joe they they sponsor it's, and they're down there and yeah. it's good family atmosphere. We get to see all, all this our old friends. folk down yep. there and the all next generation. Yeah. But it's the coolest thing is that like we met last week. Um, and at its best, it's like what it can be. And it's kind of on, on all of us to do it, but it's just that like path for the next kids and like building like good, like vibes in your, in your, you know, your area. And, um, it's really, really good, dude. It's, it's bitching because, you know, there's, there's NSSAs, WSAs, all the amateur contests that will hone their skills, but then... This ad- adds another dimension to it, you know. Like, you guys are gonna pass along some cultural aspects that they would never get. Well, and also, it they there's those little pecking orders in mm-hmm. those age groups that they have to thrive and get above. Yeah, you know, you think about San Clemente, you almost have to be a pro surfer to make any of the top four <laughs> spots in any age group. I mean, it's freaking gnarly, it's right? It's stacked. Like, you may, if you are in the starting lineup for San Clemente, it's like, dude, you deserve to be, like, yeah. yeah, it's you're, a, you're pretty much on the CT pretty soon. Pretty soon, you know, even the 12 year olds. But I mean, it's, um, it is really cool. So Eric Diamond is the head of ours and he's just, he's all about this sort of culture and, um, of Dana Point and, uh, but so it's cool. Yeah, it's really fun. So, um, mentor the next little drum. Yeah. Wave pool. Yeah. You've partaken. Yes. I've had more than my fair share, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have Must be good to know people I, and work for the WSL. Have you guys all well, didn't, didn't Hurley sponsor a contest there? We did. Or? So, yeah. we did the first, first one. Yeah. They, Founders Cup? They, no. no, they there dropped. Was a, oh, it was another. WSL dropped Trestles. Yeah, sorry, the first CT. Yeah. They dropped trestles, and so we end up just transferring our trestles into the wave pool. And they, they gave you like a certain amount of days we for sponsoring, six right? days. Six days? So you got to surf it those days? What we did, we broke it into, we did two days for the kids, two days for employees, and then two days, Punker Pat had like sort of two days for sort of 
like, what, what does that guy do? Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> what does that guy do? Come on, he's, he's just awesome. He's, he's just, just awesome. Yeah, Aqua, awesome. Aquaman, awesome. It was kind of like it was that, and, and some, you know, Bob's like just that kind of people. Um, but it was funny. We did employee. We did two days. We had a, a hundred and I think fifty people that went up. Wow! Over two days, it was it was totally like Caddy Caddyshack Caddy Day. It was nuts. I bet people dropping on each other and whatever. Um, they put in the rules after our trip that you can't have that uh, many people. I believe it. Yeah, it was chaos, but it was because people get hurt there a lot. Yes. Yeah, I I did twice. You did? <laughs> I got stitches once, and then the following week, I took a fin to the side of my face. Jesus. Almost slashed my face. Just, barely like nicked there's but no water he falls really fall. awkward you know how you learn when yeah. you're a kid how to dive away you from your that one? like yeah he missed that day <laughs> where'd you fall you fall on the right or the left both <laughs> the barrel the the tube i got pinched at the left and then i was trying to get barreled on the right and went up and over oh yeah yeah so our our kids day uh kid from um Costa Rica, Dean Vanderbilt, he did a backside snap in the area you're not supposed to and took a header and a concussion. Ooh. And we spent the day in the ER at the Hanford. Not, yeah. a, great, not a great place. What a trip, dude. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so crazy. Place is amazing, though. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so, so have you been to Waco or? I haven't gone to any of the other ones. Any other I went. Ones? I went to the one uh, randomly in Tenerife and the Canaries. Wow. Dang. Super There's random. a weight pool in the Canaries? Why would they do that? Like spring sand to the beach, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. There's weight pools, yeah, There's, popping up in... Yeah, they're yeah. going to put one on the North Shore of Hawaii. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that here first. So, okay. I guess... Yeah. Did you have any other... No. Like, I, I want to talk about... The new gig? The new gig. Yeah. It's like two weeks. It's been literally two weeks. But yeah, that, so, yeah, that it was so publicized. I, yeah, I started a month ago. I started yeah. a month ago, so it's been a month. You've um, been the president for a month now. Mm-hmm. What took you so long, bro? Yeah, what pro deal? <laughs> a little um, busy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, we're we're literally it's you you can't you can't imagine it's starting everything and and Jeff and the boys like really got everything up and running so yeah. I mean really by the time I've jumped in they've done so much work you know um, but we've got great designs we've got great product coming you know you know and it's it just it I don't know how to say like it 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 feels it's just really fun it feels easy yeah. like you know I was laughing today a guy from um, that I've known for a long time came by the office and every day we sit out on this little grass patch and we have lunch. And we all have lunch together. Nobody leaves. Everybody brings their lunch. Cool. And we just kind of like, it's the weirdest thing. It's just sitting around people that you want to be around. Yeah. It's not, you're not forced to. It's like, wow, this is actually really fun. Um, Simple. Bring it down. Like, just not, you know, doesn't have to be a rat race. Yeah. Nope. And, and it's like, hey, we're going to make great product that makes you have fun in the water and you know want to be in the water for longer you know we're we're sort of looking at john as that inspiration piece that you know he wakes up in the morning if the waves are flat he's going to go for a paddle if it's windy he's going to go for he's going to put his sailboat in the water if it's you know whatever he he's doing something in the water all the time yeah and so 
it's pretty interesting. Like building product that actually works amazing in the water isn't most people's goal. They make that so that they can make all the other product. Yeah. But they don't focus on this. They focus, they're, you know, they're making all these other things. And it's like, hey, we're going to actually just really focus on making your life in the water better. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Keep it simple. Super simple. Yeah. So, so that's not, what's not the been, product. I'm sure the product's technical and killer and you yeah, know, all and, that. But I mean, and not just even the, too technical. The concept. It's just kind of fun. Like, and so you kind of get into this. Like, hey, do you need the zipper? Yeah. Like, why the fuck do you got a zipper there? What are yeah. you gonna use it for? Get rid of it. Okay, cool. Now what? All right. Do you need this? Does this work good? You know. And and uh, and so that's kind of the genesis of the idea. And you know, just and we we always say sort of get out there and explore is what John's sort of mantra is, but. It is really, um, I've been around him long enough to know he's not the, um, he's never the one telling you, like, this is how you do things. Yeah. He's learning. Like, he picked up sailing not so long ago, and he's just a sponge. And he just, like, you know, everything he's doing, it's like, it's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's about just having curiosity. Yeah. And that that's actually the recipe to do neat things, yeah. is always being curious. And surrounding yourself with a really good team that's experienced. Like, that's right. You know, yeah. The team you guys are assembling. Yeah. You're at the, the top president. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, you know, you, good people you work with, good relationships, you're yeah. all, you know, inspired. You're, you know, it's just, you, that's, you need that to succeed, yeah. you know? Well, it's just neat because, you know, the timing of a new brand it's kind of like the perfect timing for a new brand, you yeah. know? The rest of the industry is sort of getting yeah, changing. Yeah, like it's, it's a little bit stagnant. There's, yeah. There is some new brands that have, you know, kind of making moves, but you always, the surf shops need like new brands. And that's our preach every, every time. It's like shops can't survive on a Ruka alone or, a, you know, yep. a Vans or an Outer Known or a... Yeah. You they know, need different things to bring the register. They, yeah. they, they, they need energy. They yeah. need energy. They need a lot of brands to, to survive. And, and Yeah, and we need them to be, like, you know, I, I, it's so important that that ecosystem stays because it's, it's so, um, if, imagine a world that it just, everything, it, there's no local connection to yeah. those businesses you lose the entire focus of those like it becomes transactional none of the we're not in this because it's it's a this is not a transactional relationship yeah. yeah and the day that it becomes transactional is like that's when i think none of us really will we're like okay cool they don't need us anymore yeah. just owner owner involvement and and you know yeah a big thing that we're talking about and, is because you know we are cut from the same cloth yeah right like we both we all of us are are surfers <laughs> from the beginning yep. some surf now better we, than others you know some surf better uh, yeah. than others <laughs> why'd you have to bring that up dickhead no but you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah we we have a business right like we're all in this business because not not just because we're businessmen but because we're passionate about passionate about it, and we're we come from it, yeah. You know, luckily, and we it all, is we a want, business and we for want, us, right? We want all of our friends and peers and stuff. We want a healthy industry, yeah. healthy sport, healthy. You know, so yeah. it's like you know, 
Yeah, you know, you want to out just like you're yeah. talking with the competition amongst contests and brands. Like, you know, we all want that healthy competition. Yeah. We all want to be number one. But, you know, at the end of the day, you want the shops open. You know, you want, the, yeah. you want people participating in the sport. You want new people coming in the sport. So, yeah, sometimes at the weekend, the crowds are going to be kind of gnarly. But, you know, hey, they're, you know, they're paying our bills. Yeah. Dude, 100%. <laughs> and the thing is, is that the... Um, the world that we're seeing the change in and people like I, I think it's amazing that people are getting out and exercising Help, healthy living yeah. and it's it's changed you know like yeah. um, you know you think back like so the change that we've seen in our industry it was like okay surfing was doing this thing skateboarding and then it came sort of this X Games thing yeah. and it was sort of like they pushed all of us together and it was sort of these extreme sports that never felt right like to me anyways it it was neat. I appreciated all the other attributes, but it was they they grouped everybody together as this sort of X Games thing, and it's just like the point zero 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 one percent of all the best, you know that. Yeah, that's not aspiring to like the general like public that just want to go out and participate and have fun. Like, well, I can't do that, so I, I'm not even gonna try. Well, but you know, but, but they also put a label on yeah. people, and that was the thing that was so weird. And now it feels like, hey surfers are still doing a bunch of other things yes they're skateboarding they're snowboarding but they're outdoor people like they're going on hikes they're going for paddles like i was um you know i, I have a paddle board and i was going the other day i saw like really young people going for paddle like yeah. yeah people are going outside and doing these things they're not being put into those labels outside of like hey i just like to do things outside yeah yeah it's it's funny you said really young people but there's really old people people who <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Right. Like yes. you're like surprised. You're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. You are now gonna try surfing. Awesome. You know, like, yeah. dude. I mean, it's so crazy. Think about like so when when I was starting the tour, Potts, Carol, and those guys were retiring at 28, 29. So weird. Kelly's gonna be fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know, I think he is fifty. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. He oh just turned forty nine, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I mean you think yeah. about it and like that's that's the opportunity is we're gonna do this for a lot longer. Kids are gonna do it for longer and you yeah. know Yeah. You know, hey, we're all in this together. Yeah. Spread chakas, positivity. Well we're at supporter brand. Two hours and forty four minutes. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm late for dinner. Yeah. You're oh, late shit. for dinner. It's okay. But um yeah. oh my gosh. Uh yeah. This uh, has been an amazing conversation. Yeah. I feel bad and for you guys having to edit this. No, there's no editing. We just, just leave it. Just load it. Okay. The yeah. only the lock edits load. I do is if there's a pause. Yeah. I don't think we pause because yeah, Lars always talks. So. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> this guy always, you know. Dude. What? Okay. Let's recap. Okay. Holy crap. Um, NSSA national no. team. Recap, world, bro. World. You don't start there. Yeah. You start at the beginning. Oh my god. This fool, this man Chicago. came from Chicago. Windy City. And he became a surfer and excelled pretty quickly. Yeah. And he grew up with Casey Curtis. Yeah. Mark Bellinger. Yeah. Rip. Yeah. Uh, but dude, that's crazy. And then Meets the dream team. You meet, you start team. hanging out with Chester yeah. and Machado and Shadar and Slater, <laughs> and then you become part of the momentum and, generation. Uh, yeah, dude. 
And then uh, there you go. You're going to be. I served with Lar in really good ways in France. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But this show's not about late night. Yeah. Did you get See? the cover? I did. You I got did. a cover shot that day. Oh, surfing? Yeah. <laughs> and then. Did you, Johnny, Saxon. Van Lennup, dude. Remember, remember like Freed and all those guys? There's like three photographers that couldn't, couldn't get out. out. Couldn't yeah. get out in the yeah. lineup? It was, yeah, it was it just was like the sand and the waves. And the rip. And, yeah, and Van Lennup swam out there all day. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, you you were gonna go on tour in '92. Yep. And Bruce Brown left you a message. <laughs> Check your voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who's calling. And then that totally changed. Yep. Took you around the world in one of the most iconic movies ever. For sure. Endless Summer Two. And because make, were, it, it all sounds way better now that it's all like yeah yeah dude, because I mean, it's it impressive. is dude. like it sounds I mean, you've, loved, you've lived a freaking it's been a good a full life yeah, it's been yeah. a good one and you, been, you're just getting started again yeah we're just getting yeah. started yeah so so then boom you end the summer you you, you ten rip years on, on tour, tour for ten years ten years and then with no college education jumped into a well you started as team manager which yeah. isn't a lowly job but. It's not like... It's a step in. It's a step in. But coming off a whirlwind world tour of 10 years, you know, like you humbly, right? Yeah. Hey, I got to start over. I got to figure something out. Killed it. Killed it. Right? Killed it and became eventually vice president of sports marketing yeah. for a huge company great. that... 15 years... That powering, but it's owned by Nike. Yeah. Right. So, think about that. the the gov the the governing the the people that run Nike aren't gonna let some slouch <laughs> run marketing for one of their brands. No. So it's a good time. The sh the shit that you've learned, experienced, and brought to the table, though. Yeah. Oh my God. I'd say more learning me? than brought to the table, but yeah. But yeah. just, I mean, that's a that's an opportunity for anybody with however many degrees or how much experience it's they so have. Crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, crazy. anybody would have had that as a dream job. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and honestly, bro, like, there's not it's, very many people that could have done that. No, yeah, it's pretty lucky, dude. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I trip out on it all. That's the time. that's an amazing accomplishment. The Nike. Then he went back on tour. <laughs> then he went, went back, back on tour. tour. <laughs> Actually, to Santa I, Monica. To Santa Monica. <laughs> and then COVID came, so I got to... to uh, it was a Did they want you to yeah. go to... Sorry to interrupt, but did no. they want you to go to like some of the tour events? It was kind of Up like between Dirk and I, I yeah. said what wasn't going to. Yeah. So it wasn't like, All you right. know... Because I would have been just... I need to go there. I need to go surf some real good ways. Do you, you know, Jimmy, not yeah, I need to go 12 there. Foot, you know, I got to make sure that... Uh, you know what's really hard, though, is when you do those events, you actually don't surf. Yeah. That's the thing that's a like, kind of misconception. Yeah. People think that they're going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on tour and surf a lot. The ways yeah. it could, the contest runs, and you're there from sun up to sun down. Oh, they've, yeah. they've been saying working. that about sales reps. I'm like, I don't surf that much, dude. I'm freaking working. Making sure. <laughs> it's not the dream. <laughs> I love it. It's a dream job. You kidding me? <laughs> I love this job. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, so two, brief, brief yeah. stint at WSL, couple yep. years, yep. transform, and then they're bringing the band back together. Yep. Yeah. Who who better than to run point? It's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be wild. Dude. For 
Yeah. John John Florence's company, Bob Hurley, the Hurley, yep. Jeff and Ryan. The family. The Ryan Mangan. Yep, that's our posse, dude. Can Dewey. Yep, Can Dewey. Yeah. It's awesome. Dude. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Mr. President! Mr. President! <laughs> I Patch I love that you guys can still no, have energy no for two hours and forty minutes. <laughs> Mr. No shoe wearing. No. Never served you still serve that leash? Don't have one. Yeah. Dude, this guy. <laughs> I'd be like reef, rocks, cliffs, whatever. Bro. No leash. That's so funny. That would have been the perfect a leash would have been perfect. Do you do you use traction? Yes. Do you need traction? Because we work for a massive juggernaut. Yeah. Octopus. Octopus. <laughs> they got sick traction, leashes and bags. Holy yeah. shit, you guys are on fire. This is like this is like <laughs> It's an infomercial. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. Hey, we got some um some iconic life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some some C B D C B D rub for those Holy sore shit. muscles. You guys yeah. are on fire right yeah. now. Iconic Life has killer stuff. Dude, yeah. it, it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Yeah. Pat, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much. Good to Peace. See you. Love you guys. <laughs> WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Uax! The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.